And we're live. Graham Mackin, past guest and friend of the show. How the hell are you, brother? I'm Grant, I'm Grant. Yourself? I'm on top of the world, brother. Back after Mr. Covid pissed off and left us all alone and business is booming and couldn't be happier. Brilliant. So the last time I spoke to you, you were telling me all about how you got stuck up a fucking mountain and all the fucking rest of it. And what I what I feel like I need is a bit of a recap because it's a good while since I spoke to you. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pair way, way back when to when we were teenagers basically. So I remember when you were working in the pub, you were all about behind the bar and you were all about cocktails and this, that, and it was all bar work, bar work, bar work. And then I don't there could have been a couple of things in between, but golfing, you were all about the golf. You're gonna be a pro golfer, nothing mattered more than golfing and all the rest of it. And I would have you down as as a bit of an extremist. And I, I don't mean that in any kind of negative sense no, because no. I'm like that myself. If yeah. I'm if I'm if I get involved in something, I tend to go right down to the bottom of the rabbit hole and all the rest of it. And you're something similar. But what I need now, I suppose, is a recap from you as to g- give me the highlight reel of all the fucking adventure stuff, basically. Since the beginning. Well, just the the, the big <laughs> the, the milestones, like do you know what I mean? The, yeah. the fucking the elevator pitch of. Of kind of what you've done in a nutshell, if, if you yeah. can, just to bring me up to speed. Yeah, well, first, I think um, the lazy call us obsessed, but I think I call us committed. Nice. Um, and we always get shit done. That's the that's the way I see it. And go in, go all in, and once you've conquered something, go on to the next thing. I didn't win August in the end or, <laughs> or turn pro, but um, that was uh, that was once I left. The country that was the end of the golf, and I haven't uh, been in a golf course in twenty one years. Fuck, twenty years. And what brought you? I to, miss jocking, by the way. What did you? What got you? Which was the first thing that you got into? Was it running? Was it cycling? No, in relation to the athletic oh, since, end of since I left. Um, so I moved to New Zealand, and I started doing. Sorry, I was living in Australia, and I started doing a bit of running, and then moved to New Zealand and kept it up. Now, sorry, I have to question you on a bit of running because a bit of running to most people is, you know, couch the fight. Uh, no, no, th- I'd only really started. Um, I think I was only doing it about two weeks and I saw there was an Auckland marathon coming up. <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> but I had left, so I was actually training for that and I'd signed up for that, but I'd left the country then before, um, before it came about. Um, so then I yeah, moved home. I actually, before I moved home, I was at a traffic lights coming back from the gym in Australia. I was flat out in the gym in Australia. Uh, and I remember I saw a fella on a road bike. And uh, I imagine if I saw the bike now, <laughs> I'd be like the fucking state of it. But uh, I remember saying to myself, right, as soon as you get home, buy yourself a bike. and um, Do the Tour de France. Do the Tour de France. <laughs> give it a let. And the funny thing is, is that that was 2007. But 2000 and... Oh, that was 2008. But 2007, when I... I when I was in between travels and I got home, and this this brings it fucking way back, was there was an ad in the paper to get four complete amateur cyclists from Navin to see could they be trained up to compete in the world's toughest bike race, which is... Race Across America. Race Across America, which I was there last month in the end. So that's kind of where it stemmed from, and then started triathlons... Um, did the sprint and then yeah, it just snowballed from that to this hideous creature that I've become. 
and the the sp- when you say the sprint, that's the sprint triathlon. Yes, so that's, that's the, the shortest distance. distance. And then I was like, right, you didn't die. So you do the Olympic, which is double sprint. And then I didn't die at that. And then I went straight and did a half Ironman. And um, then kind of got got into the, the ultra cycling then that way uh, by doing, by crewing on Race Cross America and then doing Race Cross America as a two man. And uh, yeah, it's just completely spiraled out of control since then. Um, I've done pretty much every ultra run cycle or adventure race Ireland has. Um, I've done Ironmans abroad. Uh, did Solar Race around Ireland, uh, which is Europe's toughest ultra cycling race. I've done everything from. I think I've done over 50 marathons in total and any and ultra marathons up to 200k and I have a 450k run in the Pennine Mountains this January. Um, nice flat surface to, yeah, to bang out the in miles. the snow um, <laughs> and it's self-supported um, <laughs> and you're not allowed indoors. But we'll, we, we'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, no, so pr- pretty much anything there is to do, I've done it. Um, and kind of... Uh, I know it sounds silly, and I, I'd st- I'd always call myself an average athlete. Um, I've podiumed on a few races. It does sound silly. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I don't. I have. I don't obviously have the time to commit to try and win these certain things. So I know I'm not fast enough or young enough for the short stuff. So my kind of thinking is, like, I only sign up for things I don't think I can do. Um, so, like, I remember I signed up for Ironman Wales, and I hadn't swam in. I hadn't swam in four years and I got a new bike which arrived the day before and I think the longest run I did was 16k but I was like look you're still going to do it like just survive the swim you'll get around time doesn't matter just just go and do it but because I thought that I could do Wales and everyone else does even though it's, it's the world's toughest Ironman but oh, thousands of people still do it every year I signed up for the Ben Nevis Ultramarathon four days after it so the plan was then to see could I do both races yeah so the hardest Ironman in the entire world was just a warm up <laughs> the thing four days later yeah yeah pretty much um, and yeah I finished both of them good man yeah. there's something to that I think though this idea that but it's me like I, I, the challenge is me like I, I like I could line up against one person or a thousand people and I genuinely don't give a shit like maybe if we're coming down the finish and shoot I'll sprint to the finish and try and beat them but the the, the challenge of every race is is me it's 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 Graham as we spoke before the two Grahams the the dickhead and the the other dickhead <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's yeah it just comes down to to can I do it yeah because people keep saying like oh you doing Dublin Mart I've no interest in doing. The, like, do you know, I've never done a 5k race in my life. I've never done a 10k race in my life. I've never even done a bike race in my life. Uh, uh, like a uh, a road race in my life. Yeah. It's only been ultra stuff. Um, <laughs> road races. I know, yeah. But it, it, because it's purely, if I don't think I can do it, I want to see can I do it. Yeah, so you know you can do these things because yeah. so there's no appeal in them for you. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's cool because I think... I think where a lot of people go wrong in life generally is they they won't push that far yeah and they sign up for like I know lads that are doing probably their 10th double marathon and they're trying to knock two minutes off and I say what the fuck are you doing and they're still training 15 hours a week like yeah as much if not more than you which is, and what is that is that an unwillingness to kind of push themselves or yeah, test themselves I think or? so I think so yeah because I've seen them 
I've seen a few of them branch into the ultra stuff, but they don't do too well in it, or they they they're very nice to themselves in it as well. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, so you're doing all these fucking mad things, and then you ended up doing. You've done RAM already, so because the the main focus of today is going to be on your most recent RAM. Yeah. So again, just to bring myself up to speed, tell me about the RAM that you've done and how it's it's different from your most recent attempt. Eh? Uh, yeah. So we did two man um, race across America. So it's 5,000 kilometres non-stop. Um, the teams have nine days to do it. So it was essentially an hour on, hour off, 24 hours a day for eight days. Okay. Yeah, eight and, you, eight and a half days. And where, I, if memory serves me correctly, you broke the record, but so did two or three other cons that were cycling yeah, alongside yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, uh, No, that was Race Around Ireland, actually. We, Sorry. Yeah we, we, yeah, we had the fastest ever time. But first and second place at faster times that year, <laughs> and we still—that was 2015, and it's still the third fastest time ever. Savage. Yeah, so it was just a freak year. And when you finished uh, race across America, yeah. you being you said, "Ah, should I do this by myself?" Uh, I remember in 2012 I saw a solo cyclist doing it, and uh, I, I put a post up about this a while ago, and um, I shared a picture of him. And he had a full conversation with us, but he was completely dead behind the eyes. And I remember standing there going, no, I, I said, I might do it as a four-man. Never, because I was, I was smoking at the time. I was, I didn't own a bike. Did I own a bike? I did own a bike, but I was doing fuck all. Um, and uh, I remember saying I'd never, ever do it. But when I crossed the finish line in two-man ram, um, my friend Gary, um, he, I think was, he came up anyway and, Give me a hug or whatever it was, and uh, he said, "I don't remember." But he said the first thing I said was, "Well, that didn't break me," and so we have to come back. And he was like, "Fuck right!" <laughs> so he knew. Yeah, he said he knew that we were we were coming back. But I think, I think only a few weeks after we got back from America, I was having a pint, and I said I wanted to go and do Ram to the father-in-law. And so when you say back from America, this is back from doing race across America. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I said, "Right, I think I want to do it." Um, but I have to do a qualifier, obviously. So, why, like Europe's toughest is Ireland, is the race around Ireland. Um, and I just said to me, if I can't do that, well, then you may forget about Ram. And I did that, and I finished third. Um, could have finished higher, but I did Shermer's neck, where your your chin is stuck to your chest, and you've no use with that kicked in, and loads of shit went wrong. But we were still flying. Um, and then COVID hit, and I was filling. That, that void of two years with uh, some random shit I could do closer to home. And with COVID, like COVID stopped pretty much everything. Did it stop all these adventure races and all that? It stopped or? all the, the the official races, yeah, completely. Um, but thankfully, uh, I got um, like a special dispensation from the, the guards as an elite athlete. So I was allowed to... Go to and compete do, so as if it was a professional to go thing. and do my own stuff yeah yes. yeah so like um during uh, during the first during 20 oh fuck i the years are just gone 2020 i did we spoke about this though but i did the double everest on on royal tara yes on, on the, the bike. bike so that was 250 reps non-stop it was 870 kilometers and twice the, the height of everest and then we we're back in lockdown then again but i decided to do the Ireland Way uh, it's a thousand and one kilometres off road from Ballycastle and Antrim to Castletown Bear and Cork 
So um, I was the the world record is fifteen days, and I was planning on doing it in ten. And um, yes, yeah, most would know, but I fell into a bog hole on the first night. Got completely lost. Um, couldn't see my hands with the with the clouds and the storm. Um, phone died. Couldn't ring my support, uh, and just ran blind and kind of hit three bog holes in about eight seconds. Didn't know anything about it. Um, somehow found my way to safety um, just by running a straight, well, a straight line, a line, and following a light in the distance. And um, started the next morning, felt grand, kept running, and ninety k into the second day, just the leg, just it was fucking weird. It was like someone. It's not like they shot me because I didn't feel a bang or anything. It just completely stopped and seized and buckled and buckled and I kept going and kept going. And um, it turned out from the night before I had torn my ACL, MCL, PCL, two cartilage tears, torn hamstring, uh, patella tendinopathy, the whole, it was just... And you only did something like 90k the next day. (laughs) 90k and and 10 or 12k after that, the, the first night. Um, so yeah that was meant to be operated on if you want to get it done like I was at a wedding at Christmas and a fella did near enough the exact same and he's full brace and out for months and he'll be getting a knee replacement soon you know and how did you avoid all that? I just gym 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 fucking sometimes double days and it's still not right like I was only saying to Bernard today like I can't extend my knee properly without you can actually feel the ACL Pulling that little bit for the little bit that's left on it. Yes. Um, Will that stretch in time? Uh, it'll go in time, I'd say. Yeah. Oh, it'll go in time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but sure, then you can get the up. Um, so the, yeah, so I was out for a while with that. I wasn't out as long as I should have been, because then I decided to um, try and do a double Everesting run because nobody in the world has ever done a double bike and a double run. Yeah, but you don't really need your knees so much for running. No. Up mountains. No, not at all. It's more down, you need them for them. <laughs> That's the trouble. Um, yeah, because I wanted, to, I wanted to trademark the, 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 the term champ champ before that Dublin lad did it, but <laughs> he got there before me. Um, yeah, and yeah, I got, I just about got a single Everest. Um, the, the knee had completely just, just gone and I'd lost all power. Um from I did the Kerryway Ultra the year before, and it was a complete wing of a race. I think, like I think, oh God, was was twenty five k the longest I'd done, and this was a two hundred k race. Um, and uh, yeah, I essentially lost full power of my left leg. Um, and Andy that was with me said he was watching me for the last few kind of meters, and I was kind of grabbing my hamstring and lifting it up onto a rock, and then pulling myself up and then lifting. And uh, yeah, it was just. I was going to fall down <laughs> down the mountain so finished the single um, which is a massive achievement for most but it's not what I set out to do so you just quit after doing the first just, Everest just quit Lazy just quit bastard. like a bitch <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah so I'm going back um, yeah so next January this January coming I have the spine race in England which is one of the world's toughest ultramarathons and then I'm going back to finish off the double Everest on Mount Brandon so I can have the double-double and then I'm going back to finish the Ireland way and get the world record, without a doubt. Fuck, good man. Yeah. Provided the need us and fall off in the yeah. meantime. Yeah, loads of gym work. So you did your, your double Everest. You only got a measly halfway through your double Everest on the run end of things. 
And then was the next big thing Ram? Your most recent Ram, Ram obviously. 2021, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah that, uh, yeah, that was it, yeah. So presumably, like, Ram is such an undertaking, like, as my understanding of it is it's the world's toughest race, kind of full stop. End like. of, yeah. Yeah, and that it's kind of undis- indisputed. Like, it's not as though, oh, the cyclists say no, that. No, and no, other no. people. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's, it's, yeah. Take, yeah, it's I, take for granted. I know right. people who've done the world's toughest runs, and I know one who's done seven, six of the seven summits. He's done it all, and hands down, Ram is the... T- he's done the Yukon Arctic Ultra... He's done the the Eritrea, whatever, everything. He's done literally everything, and uh, nothing comes close to Ram. Because that's another thing that I think, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, that kind of separates you from most of these ultra lunatic people, is that you do the bike and the run. Yeah. Like most people who are doing any of these yeah. double Everesting, anything, it's... it's so everyone I'm against or, or racing against or that are doing their own challenges, yeah, they, they only do one or the other. And I've the Ironmans as well, which is the swimming side of it. And, you know, you're overdue a swimmer in the world or something, yeah, are you? I know. <laughs> like I do a channel swim, no bother, but I don't like cold water. <laughs> I do it though. I do it. No, I I would do it. Um, it's been in the back of the head for a long time, but um, yeah, but yeah. So and people will say, would you not just pick one and you can, but that like and do what like do you know, like it, I'm doing them both, so why not keep doing them both? Yeah, I'll fucking yeah, hundred yeah, percent. You're preaching yeah. that converted here. So you've done all that, and then presumably, well, not presumably, with you, I suppose there was not a break period before Ram, but Ram was such an undertaking, and to do it solo, presumably you didn't do some sort of Ironman two weeks before. No, Ram. no, I actually I was very sensible um, this time in my old age. Um, so once they. Yeah, once the Everesting on Mount Brandon was over, it was a bit of rest. And I remember texting Bernard Smith, my coach, um, saying, right, I'm ready to go. And he was like, no, 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 take August off. I was like, no, 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 I want to go. He goes, no, you're taking August off. Just relax, chill out. And in my head, sure, we didn't have enough time. And I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done the Everesting. I shouldn't have done this. I should have been on the bike. And um, But no, he, he had me in the best shape of my life um, last month. Um so no, yeah, it was a, it was a fucking long, long winter on the bike. It was horrendous. And what kind of training are you doing? I was up twenty twenty five hours a week. Um, and started in September, like, and it it finished in May. So there was a lot of like every morning I was up kind of four in the morning in December, pissing the rain for two or three hours before work. Every mild time, at every least every time, hmm? nice and mild. I yeah, mean. it was just awful, like awful. I remember I had one big week and I think it was a hundred it was I think it was a hundred and fifty K every day. Which is nothing compared to like on Ram it was four hundred and fifty every day. Yeah, but this is your training. Yeah. Not some, you, yeah. There's no medal or fucking no. finish line at it the end. It was just it was just horrendous. It was fucking it was, it was just so cold. It was horrible, horrible winter. Then I went to Gran Canary on the bike in February. Got a lovely few days. Um, it's always scorching hot over there. And, and was is that what you went for the the heat, like to, yeah, to acclimatize yourself? Climbs, like, yeah, yeah, and, the and just to okay. get out of the fucking winter. Um, and then I went back there in April. Then myself, and really hit it hard over there. Then, um, and then yeah, I was just back training. No, I did did nothing, nothing in between 
for fear of falling off or getting injured. And but are you, you're doing so you were doing what 150k days. Was that seven days a week or yeah, like six days a week? Yeah. Six so six on one off, six on one off from, yeah. from months on end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then kind of as the weather improved um, for for that like week in May, uh, there was a couple of shorter kind of double days and um, the weekends would be long spins in the mountains and then the the midweek stuff or weekday sorry weekends would be the long stuff and then midweek would be the shorter. You know, out at four half four and home before the kids wake up and. Right, I mean, you do. Are you mixing that up? So, is it just 150k cycles, or is it a, you know, 150k mostly uphill and then some downhill, or that, like, do you know that kind of way? Yeah. So the the, the kind of like the, the the weekend stuff would be, it'd be six or seven hours in Wicklow, he'd say. So you just go and you. I was doing hill reps then in um, of the kind of three big hills in Wicklow, um, and then the the midweek stuff. Some of it would be on the turbo inside, and that'd be intervals, and you stick to power zones, and it's all very specific stuff, yeah. Okay, yeah. and that brought you. You were doing all of that up until May. Is that what you said? Is yeah. that when it was? That's yeah. when Ram was. Uh, then we flew out on the 9th of June, and it started on the 14th of June. Okay, and sorry, just to pair back a bit. When you're doing all these 150k a day cycles, six days on, one day off, and, and all the mountain climbing and all the rest of it, you're holding down a fucking job at the same time, like two jobs. Two jobs. So you the clinic and the shop. Okay, so you own and operate Spun Cycles, the best cycling running shop in the east coast in of the Ireland. World. Use the se- use the code word off the lead for a seventy five percent discount. Uh, so you're running that with past guests and friend of the show, Dave Webster. Yes. Um, and then, so you, I didn't. I actually thought you'd given up on the whole physio and things. No, 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 I still have it. Um, I just really scaled it back this year to concentrate on on Ram. Okay. Yeah, just hectic. It's just life is fucking hectic. Yeah, I could well believe it. And you've fucking kids and a wife yeah. and all the rest of it as well. I don't know how, I don't know how you get away with any of that. <sighs> look, when you look like this, <laughs> <laughs> trophy husband. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Look, it is what it is. Um, I said a lot of the training sessions are done before they even wake up. Yes. So it's kind of like a, a free day, a free pass for the day. Yes. Um, but no, because it's not because you're a fucking zombie then. You know, but see, this is the thing. Like, I mean, even if you, if, even if you're getting up in the middle of the night and doing your training, they still have to deal with you having just come yeah. in the door. Because I get it. Like, I'm working eight to four is my working day for the most part. And like when I come home, the kids are like, daddy, 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 know, daddy. Yeah. And I'm like, fucking hell, yeah. let me get in the door and take my fucking boots yeah, off. Like, I know, you know? I know. And that's just working a, an eight to four day. Like. Yeah, they don't see that though. But yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It'd be, um, now, there's been some long days, but look. So the other thing. Most that's... are professionals that, that, that do RAM or are, are, are full time cyclists. And what is a, like, if you're not a full time, if you're cycling a whole I'm full time, but like, I, I don't know who had jobs on RAM, to be honest. And how would they not have had jobs? Have, some are did just they come rich, from money? Yeah, some are okay. rich and some um, some have full time sponsors. This is what they do. But like, it's easy. Not easy. It's not easy at all. But it's easier for an American to fund a full time ultra cycling career on a hundred grand a year as opposed to trying to find somebody in Ireland to to chip in. Do you know. And is that just because of the size of the sport just, in the country? Like? Just the size of America. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I yeah. suppose what you're trying to do is in Ireland is the equivalent of what a cyclist in a four million, yeah, a four million population city in America, which would be a relatively yeah, small city, yeah, and and only be looking yeah. for sponsors in that city, yeah, yeah. and cities aren't comparable to Ireland. Yeah, spread out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
but I suppose that's the the romance of it. Um, that's it's, the sexy part, yeah, the hardship. Yeah, yeah, and I love hardship. I love in hardship. in relation to sponsorship, you do have sponsors. Of, I did. Or do for, you? I did for Race Cross America. I have no. Um, I no, I've no full time sponsor. No. Yeah, so you might have a sponsor for a particular race, but yeah. not for. Yeah, I was actually, I, I was chatting to a businessman um, just before I left and he actually spoke about getting me as the kind of face of one of his brands and his marketing team were going to get in touch and they were going to come on board as a full-time sponsor. And as I was checking into security in Dublin Airport, I read that he had died. Fuck. Um, so that's that gone. Fuck. Yeah. But no, I've no, I've no full time sponsor whatsoever. Okay, it costs a lot of money. Um, but yeah, for the likes of Ram, like I, I'm happy to fund all the stuff I do myself. But but Ram, I I just couldn't. But I had some amazing sponsors like Jones Engineering come in, um, originally, and then came again with more money because they realised that everything had shot up, like everything had tripled: flights, cars, petrol hotels, everything had tripled in America from when we originally gone in 2020. So so <coughs> RAM was actually postponed because of COVID, yeah, was it? Yeah, and then, because I was meant to do it in 2020, and then it was cancelled, and then 2021 was open to American riders only, and then, obviously, this year, then we went ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, no, so, like, yeah, so some amazing sponsors. They were just brilliant. Um, I still have to get in touch with a few of them because one of them I had like Jones was was the main and Coolant Towers and Accessories was the co-main and I, he actually featured in some of my uh, near-death hallucinations on the on the the race itself. Right, so let's jump to the race itself. So yeah. you fly out there. It starts on whatever date it starts on. When do you land? Like presumably you don't get off the fucking plane and jump <laughs> no, on your bike. Mo- mo- most would go out and they'd fly to Colorado first and they'd acclimatise um, to the altitude. And then they'd fly into the desert and spend three or four days there and acclimatise to the heat. And then they come back. But they're ones with massive sponsors. You know, just they could afford it. Like I, I had two sponsors last minute let me down. One of them was, I was like two hours before the start line and he was... Saying, no, oh, no, it'll be sent, it'll be sent, it'll be sent. No, money, no money came. Like, so I had to scramble, bef- like, 40 minutes before the start of Ram to get my own money transferred to cover what they didn't. Like, it was just a fucking absolute mess. Um, it's always the ones with the money that fucking don't hand it over as well. Um, so we got there on the 9th, Friday the 9th, uh, checked in nearly midnight, so the 10th essentially and it started on Tuesday the 14th okay yeah so you had four days of getting over the yeah. jet lag if nothing else like and just settling yeah. in I had an awful chest infection so we were caught between cycling down to the desert and acclimatising for a couple of days if we could but also trying to let the chest infection pass and it it didn't pass it was it was with me for the whole trip it was lovely savage yeah uh so who's with you? I had a crew of eight. Fucking hell! So yeah, I so I'd, I'd se- seven and you or eight and <coughs> no, you eight and me. So there was a driver, navigator, and feeder 
in one car. Okay, and, and we'll explain these as we go along. What's a, f- a driver I can get my head around? Yeah, a navigator so I can they, get my head around? I, I have a radio in my head the whole time and they direct me on every turn. That's in your helmet or in your ear? In my ear. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and then the, one of the lads in the back handing, handing food out the window all the time. Okay. Yeah. Um, and sorry, again, so before we actually start the race, in relation to food, like carb loading is a thing that people will do before a race. Yeah, no, no. Well, though, everything in America is fucking carb loaded. Um, yeah. But no, it was t- 22,000 calories a day. 22,000 calories a day. It's I remember nasty. hearing about Hath, what's his name, Hath Bjornsson, the oh, mountain out of oh, Game yeah. of Thrones and Eddie Hall. Yeah, they were two, meant to fight, weren't they? They were, I think they did. Didn't they? Um, but to put this into perspective, those boys are, you know... Oh. 180 kilos. It's the mountain from Game of Thrones. Like yeah. It's, yeah, it's just a monster. And, you know, world record holding power lifters. Yeah. And they, you know, 15,000, I think, is... Was it? They're, they're about yeah. their upper limit. I think Michael Phelps during the Olympics was like 13,000 or something. Yeah, and that was astronomical. <laughs> yeah. So, 22,000. Oh, that's horrendous. But, I mean, what, what does that even look like? Because you're obviously not packing away fucking steaks and shit riding a bicycle. No. Um, so I was using Mass Gainer. Is it a, like a protein powder? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, it's kind of like a meal replacement. Um, one meal replacement. Yeah. <laughs> one one serving, which was two scoops, was 13,000 calories. No, not 13,000. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, 1,300. 1,300. Okay. But... Um, but like we we never attempted two scoops like you'd f- fucking massage it down you. Um, oh, it'd literally be too thick yeah, to kind of yeah. Or else it'd have to be like two liters of the stuff. Um, and then yeah, the little bottles of Ensure, which is another meal replacement. And then it was just anything they could get their hands on: um, Nutella, croissants, the odd bowl of pasta, a bit of porridge. They'd hand bananas out, crisps, <laughs> everything. Just keep nibbling, keep nibbling, keep nibbling. And again, without being too kind of... No, I was never going to consume 22,000, but that's what I was burning. Okay, so... So the aim was to try and hit, I think, 16,000. Okay, so, like, given that you're going to be in a massive... the rest. You're going to be in a massive calorie deficit. Yeah. Did you have to, like, gain a heap of weight before you started to have it to lose? Yeah, 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 I did, yeah. Yeah, because I I was on about... I I wanted to get to a certain weight, and... um, um, my nutritionist Joanne, she was kind of like, no, like you, you know, you, you can't be going over ripped, ripped, do you know, because you have nothing to lose. If you got sick and you couldn't consume anything, you're not yes. going to get a whole way down the road. You do need you know? to build that in. Yeah, but thankfully, I was able to keep eating all the time, so I, I don't think I lost anything on the race. Okay. Yeah, I ate very, very well now, and there was a few times now where they'd, the lads, they'd hand me something at just the wrong time, and I, like, I just, I just look at them <laughs> and uh, they'd get to walk away um, but more often than not then I'd ask them for a mass gainer and they'd be like oh fuck yeah just get it for him if he's asking for it get it for him now get it for him. so I actually did pretty well um, I was very disciplined in, in getting the fuel in yeah okay so, so that's the fuel so presumably you need some astronomical amount of water in you as well oh god I think it was 20 litres a day Jesus Christ 20 litres a day it was yeah, yeah. It would have been two two seven fifty mil bottles every it was probably more to be honest, because the bottles only stayed cold with ice in them, I think, for twenty minutes. 
15 minutes. So they were being replaced all the time. So it would never have got through a full bottle, but they were being replaced out the window every 15, 20, 30 minutes. Okay, and out the window of what? Because The car. So the, I have a car but behind it's a car, me. it's not yeah. a van, is it? Uh, well, a seven-seater. Yes, yeah, but so I, a van, essentially. Yeah, but I'd have a car behind me all the time. Okay, 24-7. Yeah, the first couple of days, they're not allowed. They're, they're allowed to leapfrog you, go up ahead and wait, and go up ahead and wait, go up ahead and wait, just to do it kind of traffic and if there's no traffic um, and then but night time they have to be behind you all the time yeah okay and that's the other thing to remember that this obviously if it's sorry is it 5,000 kilometres is that what you said 5,000 it's obviously days. not on a fucking racetrack of some description no. like it's, it's just on the roads yeah yeah busy busy roads horrible roads and they go out and sweep the 5,000 kilometres yeah, before course. you do it yeah yeah <laughs> fill the holes um, yeah no it's fucking like yeah, the roads are awful, just awful. And it, it, the country's awful. And like, it's a crumbling society. It's a crumbling infrastructure. It's a crumbling theory that we all had of this super. It's just a state. It really is. It's 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 fucked up. Like, and every part. Like, not every yeah, because like I have friends over there, and some of them are amazing. And and but I I just felt the overall. A whole of America at the minute, like, their mental health is just just hanging on, and I think I think it's since the whole Trump thing and then COVID and fake news and deep fake and whatever. I, I just everyone is just yeah Russia Ukraine yeah but everything. everyone's just on edge, just on edge, and then we felt on edge because of all the stuff we were seeing with the shootings and and then everywhere you look, everyone's just walking around with fucking guns. Remember. The night before, two nights before the race, three Hells Angels lads drove by in Harley Davidson's. I'm sorry, what state is are you starting? This is California. In? Okay, so you're this starting. This is Oceanside, California. Yeah. Okay, just just twenty miles or forty miles from San Diego. And sorry, forgive me, but that's Southern California, is it? Y- yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Carlsbad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Jeez, I don't know. I don't know. But the three of them drove by. We were just walking down the road, but three of them drove by, and the three of them had their right hands on the motorbike. Three of them had their left hands down by the side, near the rear wheel. And I just thought, that's a bit fucking weird. And then I looked, and the three of them had guns attached to the outside of the bike, and the three of them had their hands on the guns for... Unless they saw some lad they didn't like, or <laughs> I don't know what. But um, that, that seemed to be the thread the whole way along, um, which just just fear. Fear of being in America, fear of being around Americans, fear. And they live with it every day as well. But yeah, it's kind of nor- hyper-normalised. Yeah, like. but for us to go in from the outside, it's, it's just, it's fucked up. Like, and it, like, like people go, oh, I love America. And I say, where have you been? Oh, I've been to New York, I've been to San Fran. And I say, oh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're cool. Like, But if you go 15 miles inland, it just gets poorer and poorer and crazier and crazier. Um, it's fucked up. And see, that's the thing about doing that kind of a, or haven't even haven't done the the five thousand kilometers before. You're really seeing the oh, yeah. the whole lot. Like yeah. you're not seeing the the postcards. No, God, no. Jeez, you wouldn't take postcards to these places. Fucking Stevie Wonder wouldn't want one. <laughs> um, some of them are just horrendous, like just awful. And it's it's funny the way it's the way it's set up or or, or forced upon them is like like we we went through Kansas and. It's just farm after farm after farm, but you don't see any towns. 
all the farms are on the highway. Do you know, and the towns are way off it. But when you you do go into one, it's say the seven chains of fast food or coffee, and that's it. There's nothing else in the place. There's no independent stores. Yeah, there's no community based anything. Nothing, nothing at all. And everything, every store. I remember, uh, we'll get into it. But the 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 one of the towns we ended up in, and uh, I there was say there was. 200 buildings in it I'd say 100 of them were unoccupied and I'd say probably 15 of the 100 were antique stores they weren't antique stores they were just people trying to flog the shit that they owned they have left the yeah, old stuff yeah, that they that have they have left they have nothing left like. Um, and you're wondering what they do with their day in the middle of America they don't go anywhere they don't leave the state I just don't know what to do with themselves there's nothing like there's nothing open like do you know um, it was one Mexican restaurant and everyone said you go there I don't even and that was a half a bar as well a pub as well I don't even think there was a pub in the place it's just I don't know there's just no hope for them it's fu- <laughs> you need to see it I know and, and they'll think oh you're being you're being bad and you're being um, and we like we, we went into one kind of antique shop and I had a picture of an ice cream and I remember walking around and I was like, lads, I'm going to go in here. I just, I, I'm, I want to spend a bit of money in this place. Look at the fucking state of the place. And this shop looked lovely. So we went in and down the back, they had a big ice cream sh- shop. They had just opened up. Um, Yanks don't really drink coffee. They dr- drink filtered shit. Even the, the in the filling stations, it's, you pour it it's yourself. It's the joke you see in the movies. Like, yeah, brown yeah. muck. It's absolutely rancid. So someone's going to be a billionaire by setting up... Uh, uh, horse box trailers with coffee in it. Uh, no. um, so I remember going George. in, and they were the nicest people in the world. Nicest people in the world, but they were both teachers, and this is what they did on the side, and because the teachers don't get paid anything over there. Do you yeah. know, it's it's just a fucking tough life. Do you know, and it is the one percent that that uh, you that, see in the fancy yeah, cars yeah, and yeah, the yeah, whole lot. Like. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, you're starting off in California. What's the terrain like for the start and the climate? So they're um, the two key things, I suppose. Yeah, I think the first day it was around 34, 35 degrees. Um, beautiful. Um, you're cycling through the, I think it's the Sierra Nevada mountains. Um, lovely big climbs, uh, vineyards. It's just just absolutely amazing. Um, but I was, I was fairly sick now with a chest infection. At that stage, so we had the plan was just to survive the first two or three days, which is the real heat in the desert, um, and then attack in in Colorado where all the big climbs are. Um, so day one, you're cycling out in the evening. You get to the glass elevator. It's this big, massive descent. Um, I don't know. I think I, I flew down it. I had great, great crack. And sorry, why what, what is it called the glass elevator? Um, I assume because the desert is all here, and it's kind a switch in, in front of you. Kind yeah, of. and like there's 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 nothing blocking your view, so it's kind of coming down the glass elevator where you. I can know what you mean. Yes, yes, because you're, you're descending this yeah, mountain. I assume so. And what kind of descent is it? Like in terms of oh, feet or kilometers or? Oh Jesus! I should have done me my homework, but it's it's uh, it's massive. It's, How long does it take you to get down to roughly even? Oh God, maybe twenty minutes. 20 oh, f- minutes. Okay, I think you drop nine thousand feet. Right. Yeah, 
you go so from... So, da- like, dangerously steep, like. Oh, ter- lethal, like. T- terrifying, yeah. And I remember I did it in 2017, and I was a shit cyclist then, and I'm still a shit cyclist. But um, it was like being in a washing machine, because you, you come round the switch back, and the wind is on your back, and you're it's fucking throwing you down, 80, 90 kilometres an hour. And then you come around the next bend seconds later and the wind is in your face and it stops. It's like smacking a wall. And then you go into a speed wobble and then you come around the next bend and it flings you off again. <laughs> and it's just this absolute mayhem. So we um, wrecked it a couple of days before and I just took my time. I was fucking roasting. I went down it. And then on the race, sure, I was kind of buzzing. And uh, I think I passed three cyclists and f- all their cars. One, one of them, one of their vans wouldn't let me pass. Uh, he was just being a prick, um, but I, I actually I caught the car and uh, kind of got in his slipstream and came around. Now I'd never do stuff like that because I'm a terrible descender, but for the, for some reason this day I just yeah, your adrenaline is yeah, up or I just had it, yeah, I just had it, and then exact same as 2017, you reach a certain point, and then all of a sudden every hair in your body stands up, and you've reached the desert heat, and then panic sets in, and you just that like every hair just pricks to attention complete protective mode uh, fight or flight and um, then it's pretty much pan flat then for about a day and a half through a desert through Death Death Valley okay and what kind of temperatures are you talking I think it topped at 46 Jesus Christ yeah 2017 it topped at 50 and at that kind of temperature, oh, forgive my ignorance, but do your tyres not fucking melting yeah, to the road? They, yeah, they were. Um, the roads are melting, everything's melting. Um, and you're doing this at night then as well, so yeah. is it fucking freezing at night time? No, jeez, no, no. I think, it's still baking hot I, at night. Yeah, I don't think it dropped below. It definitely didn't drop below 30. Okay. All, all through the night. Um, so yeah, that was, that's kind of, um, I think you're still in California then. And then you hit Arizona. And sorry, before we go out of Death Valley, what's the humidity like? So was it dry or is it humid? Or no, it's not humid. No, but it's it's horribly dry. Like I was yeah, yeah. bloodshot eyes the whole time. It's like, and what's your water intake like there? If it's fucking twenty odd liters, um, normally, yeah, it's it's a fine line between overdoing the water as well, like as in um, oh, the, just the limits of the human body yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like, too much of it, you can see if your hands and, and body start to swell, you've consumed too much and kidneys can't process it and flush it out. Yes. And that's the end, you're in trouble then. And sun cream <clears throat> then, I mean, do you have to... They have factor 100 over there. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know if it works. But uh, just the aerosol spray and the lads were out the car window and every time I stopped, they'd spray me head to toe. And, okay. Uh, I actually didn't get burnt once. Right, because um, he obviously could very easily be burnt. Oh God, fuck, yeah! But I had crisp, leg like. covers on and arm covers. They were so white to reflect the the sun off. Me. Okay, so your head to toe white. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and is that from to your wrists and to your ankles, yeah, or yeah. okay? Yeah, yeah. But um, it gets to a certain point in Arizona, um, and you're heading towards a place called Congress, and there used to be a swimming pool there, a paddling pool. And they'd hire out, uh, a group of volunteers would hire out a motel and you could sleep in it. That pool was gone. And I remember getting to this section of road and for some reason they they oiled the road. I think it f- lightly fills in cracks or helps prevent cracks in extreme heat. But even though they have expansion joints on every fucking 10 metres of the road the whole way across, you hit this bump, bump. 
bump and it like I still don't have the power in my hands mass I still have the blister marks um, from those expansion joints and just some of them would knock the fucking teeth out of your head so it's allowed to road to, to expand it's pointless like it's a oh, it's an ancient fucking idea I think or an out of date idea um, but this section they had oiled the road and the temperature had went up by maybe three or four degrees because it was pitch black on the road oh Jesus so the lads were driving along with a like a garden sprayer and filled with ice water and they were just spraying me head to toe head to toe head to toe as you cycled and then they'd point it down to my shoes until my shoes filled with water and um, ten minutes later I'd be calling them back up again because I'd be bone dry and so as my feet were burning through the shoes and the socks from the the heat up off the road the heat up off it yeah certain parts of the bike you couldn't touch um Oh, look, it's impossible to explain. But it's just, yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 just not fair. <laughs> it's not fair at all. But then, like, you didn't ask for any of it. No, but then, like, uh, just Sunday gone, there was flash floods in Death Valley. Right, and, like thousands of people were stranded, and I think a few have died. So there's never a right time to do ram. Do you know, it's either tornado season, flood season, extreme heat season, locust season, shooting season, <laughs> whatever the fuck you want to call it. There's never a right time, like. Yeah, um, but yeah, but it, look, it, it's just it was it was horrendous. And then I remember trying to get to the end of this road to get to this place called Salome, and the lads were like, "We have a motel for you, um, just another few miles." But I was like, "I can't, I can't get that far. I can't get that far." And the lads come up and they'd spray a bit of water, and then you feel better for five minutes, and then you're calling them back up. And we got to this motel, and uh, the lads brought me up. And I remember, I think one of them kicked the door. And I remember seeing cracks up all the door and bits of the door was missing. And I remember, I was like, oh no, we can't be staying here. We can't, we can't. And we walked into the room and head to, or ceiling to floor was fucking mould. And the lads had put a sheet down, one of our sheets down on top of the bed sheet. And Andy said, to just whatever you do, don't pull back the sheets. Don't touch oh, the sheets. Oh Jesus. So I went into the shower and I said, I need a cold shower. And they were like, yeah, that's it. And I was like, no no cold shower and they were like that is the cold shower and it was fucking roasting like the, the, it was only the cold tap on yeah yeah and it yeah. was roasting and it was just manky just manky so got in there I think I got me 20 minutes sleep and um, uh, took off again but yeah like and that was, sorry but that was a, a built in stop along the way was yeah, it yeah so wherever the lads could find a motel and, and check in the lads that are off shift would go and sleep for a few hours shower eat and then I'd come along, I'd jump in and sleep, shower, eat. And, and then, then you'd be boat ready to kind of go. Yeah, and then the lads that were that brought me in would sleep the remaining hours of the booked room and shower and sleep. Okay. Yeah, so it, it worked well, but um, I think I think I maybe got three, three motels in the six days. And so I'm just trying to get my head around the route. So it's 5,000 kilometres. Presumably, like, is the race kind of point to point yeah oh god yeah, yeah. there's okay, a start so line and a finish line and, and you, nothing you, in between and no 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 and you have to follow every single turn okay right uh, okay. yeah 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 and so if, if you go wrong you have to go you, you're allowed to get back in the car and drive back to where you went wrong and start again okay so you like some people have gone wrong for 200 miles so they drive Christ. back and start again like but you have like there's i don't know is there say a thousand um instruct directional turns and you have to hit every single one of them or you're disqualified. 
Okay. Yeah, so there's big, big pressure on the crew. Massive pressure. And a, a certain amount of pressure on these motels and things that you're planning on staying in because if everybody's kind of got the same idea or what yeah. way does that work? Yeah. Like when I, you're stopping over, is there other lads getting off their oh, bikes? Oh, there is, or? there is, yeah, 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 yeah. And so when yeah. you stop cycling, do you jump in the car and drive to this place or do you cycle there? No, or? no, you cycle to it. Um, okay. I think there was one one time where we, we stopped and, and the, that was kind of our official stop and then we drove to the motel and then a couple hours later we drove back to where we stopped to the official stop uh, yeah, yes and yes, went okay. again um, but no most, most of it was just uh, 20 minute power naps or sorry um, hour naps in oh I don't know what the fuck it's all blurred together now um, but yeah I slept for 6 hours in the in the in 3000k six, in, in over 6 days I slept for 6 hours Okay, hence the hallucinations that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Because even if you're just sitting at home on the couch watching fucking Netflix and you get that much, that little amount of sleep, like you're going to have serious yeah. psychological problems. Yeah, like my father-in-law would spoke about um, like some days when they'd be on the combine, they could be on it for fucking 20 hours a day for three days trying to get all the work done and then you just start seeing shit coming through the... The, the barley at you and you, know, you see all sorts of stuff it's just sleep deprivation okay and yeah. at what point so you okay so you we finished up where you stopped for your first couple of hours Kip. yeah at, how long after you start in the race was that uh, um, it was a Okay. Three days. So you're on you're on the bike pedaling for three days straight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just nonchalantly. Yeah, now I, I get yeah. off and eat. Um I think the second day I might have had a twenty minute power nap. Um, and where that's in the back of the, the fucking car, car yeah. like yeah. okay. Yeah. Um And did you plan to like was your sleeps planned out? Like I mean like, you know, all great plans and all that jazz. Yeah, we, uh, to try and sleep in the midday sun at its hottest point. That was the goal. <clears throat> yeah, and that worked well for the first few days. So you could pedal like fuck at night when yeah. it wasn't as hot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then after a few days, then that wasn't working because the witching hour of 2am to 4am, I, I I, couldn't stay awake no matter what I did. Um, and uh, there's there was a documentary we made about it and there was a... a Videographer Pat Byrne was with us, um, so he has some some. He's one real fucked up bit where I I I tried staying awake, couldn't no matter what I tried, and I kept veering over to the other side of the road. Then one of the lads ran alongside me, and I couldn't stay awake. Then he linked arms with me, and I couldn't stay awake. I ended up coming off the bike and pulling him down with me. Then I started walking the bike down the road with him linking my arm and I fell asleep walking and I crashed the I walked the bike into a crash barrier. Just couldn't stay awake no matter what I did. And like, presumably if somebody's walking alongside you and on the bike, to you you're not, but you're not exactly flying on the bike no, either. God, no, God, no, so no. To, to a certain extent, you may as well not have been fucking cycling if somebody yeah, could walk alongside yeah, you. Yeah, I, sh- I should have uh, jumped in and had a, had a kip, yeah. Um, yeah. And where's your head at when all this is going on? What's what's going through your mind? Um, at that point, we were there was a checkpoint, a kind of a cut off, but it's it's not a cut off. But the lads had told me it was cut off, 
And we were walking down and Andy got out of the van. He said, what are you doing, lads? And I said, I can't stay awake. And he said, well, you're not going to make four kilometres in 11 minutes walking. Yes. And that's where the cutoff is. And then I just something spring to my mind. And this is a time cutoff. So along <laughs> along the route, you have to make certain spots yeah, by certain yeah, times. But, but this was the first one in Colorado. And it, it is a kind of a time one, but it's more for your crew and stuff behind you. I, I'm not really sure, but if I didn't make that time, I wouldn't have been out of the race. Okay. But I, when I heard what he said, I just hopped on the bike, pinged open, had no problem staying awake. And um, I think they, they, they said I was I was genuinely hitting, like holding 50, 60 kilometres an hour on a flat uh, and uphill about 40 odd trying to get to this point. Okay, and that, again, forgive my ignorance, I'm not kind of fluent in these kind of speeds. That's as fast as you could cycle on a good day kind of thing. Is oh, it or not far off it? It's probably the fastest I've ever cycled. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was sheer uh, sheer terror, yeah, to try and get in. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so but before that then, there was Monument Valley uh, in Utah. <clears throat> and um, that was, yeah, it, that's the Forrest Gump scene where he, he stops running and the, the beautiful big uh, sandstone kind of sculptures yeah. and things. Yeah, yeah. True. So we go right through that, and I have the exact same photo uh, that he has at it. And uh, I met a, like a dust devil there. It was like a like a tornado. Yeah, uh, yeah. it was maybe a hundred feet wide. Fuck. Um, and I don't know how high it went up. It had to go up to the fucking clouds anyway. But uh, there's a video on 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 my um, social media where you can see it. And it's it it's going that way, and I'm going that way, and we're both going together. <laughs> and we sure were just practically wa- pushing yeah, it along, wasn't we it? We were just watching to see does it turn. And I was I remember thinking to myself like, well, you're not getting off. Like I said, no, of course we're not getting off. But what if it does come? And I was like, is it strong enough to pick you up? I was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched the video, which is one of the crew filmed it, and one of the lads is like, no, we have to take him in. We have to take him in. It's starting to shift. It's starting to shift. And then they said, I, I didn't see it, but they said all of a sudden it just, boom, disappeared. And everything that had picked up just fucking thudded Dropped to the ground. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, fucking mad. Um, but yeah, we were still in mid-40s at that stage, in, in the heat. And I remember when the dust devil was there and there was like a rain cloud over there. And I was like, yes, like shelter for the first time in four days. Yeah, just to be Going out of the... Shelter. And that, is Couldn't there... catch it. Is there any way that the lads can, you know, put an umbrella over no, you? Or is no, that fe- no, that's not feasible yeah, no, at all? No, okay. they're, they're not allowed to um, interfere in any way like that. Um, oh, so, so they could, they could have, but if they were allowed, uh, say? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it wouldn't work. Um, it probably looked upon as drafting as well. So no, I wouldn't I know what you mean, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I couldn't, I couldn't for the life of me catch that. Uh, that that cloud. <laughs> So that was loads more um, mad, mad heat. And then coming to the end of Utah, it was this mad... Uh, it was actually both sides. It was just this mad cliff and it was complete, everything was completely smooth. So it was obviously a river at one stage and everything was completely smoothed out. But the one on the right-hand side had three hollowed-out caves and it was, here's one I made, here's one I made earlier and here's one I'm, I'm making. And they looked like airport terminal. It was it was mad. But uh, so I started seeing stuff, and I was like, "Yeah, look, there must be some sort of ancient Indian art or something." And I was like, "Well, well just look at the man there and the woman beside him, and this looks like a fucking T Rex." And the lads are like, 
There's nothing there, Graham. And I was like, oh, boss, it's starting already. <laughs> so, <laughs> not again. <laughs> so, uh, I, and I remember turning to one of them, I said, you sure? And they were like, no, no, yeah, it does look like a man. It does look like, yeah, I fucking told you it looked like, didn't look like a man at all. So then the next day in, or sorry, that night then reached Colorado. So that was my plan because I'm a climber on the bike. Plan was to start picking off racers and putting the foot down. And I remember I went from a zombie to Graham, you're in Colorado. To fucking right, go, give me some food. I'm going. And I just started climbing straight away. And uh, 20 minutes into it, there was a Brazilian lad sitting down in the past him, and um, he was a cheating bollocks. The, 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 the cheating on the race is, is shocking. Um, and wh- what form does that sitting take? sitting in their cars and getting driven up the big hills, Cons. the same speed as their psych their bike would have went, yeah, over and over and over. Like I was passing lads four times every night, and not once did they pass me. Do you know, Jesus, it's just. But look, that's them. Leave, leave yeah, them yeah, out. let them off. Um, I don't think any of them actually finished, <coughs> which is grand. But at the same time, it got to a stage where I was like, no, fuck this. He's, that cunt isn't beating me in, in, into the top of this hill. I'm going. But he was f- fresh as a daisy while I was wrecked. You know, So I was putting myself in more of a state trying to beat him. Yeah. Fuck it. I, I wanted to kind of prove. But, um, so yeah, we had a fantastic time in Colorado. I was picking loads of people off. The plan was survive the first three days take it on in Colorado get into Kansas recover because it's pan flat really boring so a bit more sleep nice steady pace on the bike um, eat plenty uh, get through Kansas and Illinois and then hit for home and you start like so that would have been say six states in maybe eight days and then you fly through the other states because they're smaller ones all yeah the yeah so the mid states are all massive mass- like. yeah so psychologically it's great you're going, yeah you're fucking done done yeah of course yeah. start taking them off um, and then yeah so we got into Kansas and the first night in Kansas started hallucinating uh, but it was the fun stuff um, there was like a gre- there was a grass embankment on the right hand side and uh, I started seeing these wreaths, these holly wreaths, and uh, they all spelt out letters and numbers. And uh, so I was looking at them for fucking ages. And then, uh, and sorry, to, sorry to cut across you, but when you when you're seeing these things, are you kind of conscious that they're hallucinations, or are you just thinking? <laughs> oh, at that at that stage, yeah, yeah. So you you knew you kind of knew you were hallucinating, and you were just kind of enjoying it. Absolutely having the crack because I was flying on the bike. I was absolutely flying. Um, there, there was one stage where when the lads came in the radio and they were like Graham like you're holding 30 miles an hour there the last two hours and I was like yeah I'm fucking loving it just I was flying I was picking everyone off and I remember there was one lad and he was he was flying he's a savage cyclist and uh, so I just kind of sat in like maybe 100 metres 200 metres behind him um, just to, just to kind of I wanted a little bit of a break before I Tried to take him on and uh, it ended up, he was looking over his shoulder every two minutes. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And he ended up pulling in and letting me pass as opposed to... Yeah. Yeah, fucking, so it was just fucking with his head. like. Yeah, um, yeah, the cycle of shame as you yeah, were by yeah, him. Yeah, like. yeah, no, I was pulling in anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, and then I remember I stopped to go to the toilet and uh, there was telephone lines. As, and I, as I was... Uh, taking a, a, a wee uh, I looked up and all of a sudden the telephone lines were like six inches above my head and I was dinging them like a 
like a madman, like a like a madman, <laughs> like a like a like a banjo string, like a like a bass guitar, and I so I was I was standing there going ding 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 because I often wonder in these hallucinations, like we spoke about the 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 pygmy hippo from Restaurant Ireland, and was I running my finger through it, or was I imagining I was running my finger? So was I playing with these strings, or was I? thinking I was playing with these strings um, but I, I think I was actually playing with the strings and then my father-in-law tried to snap me out of it <clears throat> and he was like I'm going to show you where they are just just to show you that they're not above your head and I was like yeah, you do whatever you want <laughs> I, I was looking up into the sky playing with them and next thing all I heard was now I'm standing under them and he was like 50 metres away standing under these yokes and I was like no you're not <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then when I looked beyond the um, the telephone lines the stars were crystal clear and all of a sudden they came three feet above my head the whole night sky all the stars and we've spoke about this I've never done drugs so I've never had hallucinations beyond the ultra race yes but like listening to Ivor's podcast on here um, it's fascinating I tell everyone to listen to him Um, and uh, how to change your mind on, on Netflix yeah 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 like the stuff they talk about is the exact same stuff I get. Yeah. Same colours, same shapes, same same feeling, same movement. But they do it through drugs and I do it through sleep deprivation. It, yes. It's fucking bizarre. Yeah, well, you can get it through religious experiences and ne- near-death experiences yeah. and, and things like that. So, like, we like there's a... We have... We're, we're walking pharmaceutical... Uh, factories basically do, yeah. do you know that kind of way yeah. like we, we can produce a lot of this stuff in yeah, yeah. Like. So, so so my thing so that yeah so that was looking at the stars is absolutely amazing so we're back on the bike hammered at home Um. then the next day we hit really really bad uh, crosswinds now I mean I was 45 degree angle for Maybe six hours. Leaning into oh, it like. just. Yeah. It was torture. Your grip and everything has just gripped. Um, And then we went through a sandstorm. And I remember, I, I thought that somebody had put these, like, mounds of sand to be used for roads or to be used for something. But it was snow, it was for sand drifts. the drift. roads yeah. or something, yeah. But yeah. it was sand drifts. So... I, I don't know if any other solos cycled through it. I don't think they did, and they, they were right not to. I shouldn't have done it. You should have rang in and said, there's a massive sandstorm, what do we do? Get in the car and drive through it and stop, is what they would have said. Okay. But I closed the <laughs> the right side of my mouth. <laughs> I closed my right eye and uh, went down the gears as hard as I could and just cycled as fast as I could. And within seconds, it was like being in a sandblaster. Yeah. Absolutely hammered. Breathing it all in. Um. Only for, there was no traffic coming. And it was probably only 300 metres, 200 metres long. But only for no traffic coming because the, the sand drifts had come right across my side of the road. So I was in the middle of the road just, and I was still going over the, the trail ends of the sand drifts. That was progressively covering the road. The so. whole road, yeah. yeah. But I couldn't see a thing. Now, there's a video on, on, on my pages and it's fine from the lads in the car filming at me 20 metres away but they couldn't see a thing when they were in it yes um, but I couldn't see a fucking thing got out the other side coughed up <laughs> mounds of sand 
the lads doused me with water and the sand was coming out of my eyes and my ears and bits of me for, for days after. Um, so we got through that, came around another bad bend <clears throat> and it was a, a, I remember then I just threw the bike, I just got off the bike and I threw it on the side of the road and, and just sat down in the grass and lay down. And this was in Kansas now, this was <clears throat> good bit through Kansas um, and there was a flower maybe 20 metres away um, and this is why I want to do drugs now <laughs> there's a flower maybe 20 probably 20 metres away and uh, all I did was look at it and it popped up right here where the the, the mic is, the mic is. and it was a 3D hologram so you're cycling along and you had this 3D hologram kind of levitating right in front of your face no I got off the bike okay sorry sat down had a breather, and then I just looked at this flower, and all of a sudden, it it, it appeared twenty meters closer, <laughs> yes, right in front of me, and I could touch it. I could put my hand around it. I could put my hand inside it, and it was just fascinating. And the the, the lads sat down beside me. They're like, "No, no, just take a breather for a few minutes." And I was like, "Can you see this?" And they were like, "No, we can't fucking see it." <laughs> and Andy was like, "I should have took a picture of the flower just to, just to show you." <clears throat> so they were still fun hallucinations. Um, <clears throat> and pe- people don't really understand. They're like, Rich, you, you haven't slept. This is cruel. What are the crew doing? But they, they're there to, as I said, acknowledge what you're seeing so you don't freak out, entertain what you're seeing, um, and then encourage you to get back on the bike. And, and keep pedaling, yeah. basically. That's their job, is just to keep you sustained on the to bike get down to, the road. to get through it all, regardless of what yeah. it all is like. So then, <clears throat> a few hours later, we were heading towards the night. And uh, everything was grand. Um, everything was fine. And we hit this this funny section of road and it was a real well-tarred road, which is really weird in America. Um, but they have all these extra tar filling cracks and stuff. But anyway, it was it a was lovely, lovely tarred road. But it went on for hours and I was going uphill for hours. But I wasn't. It wasn't an, ele- it wasn't an elevation gain at all. But for some reason, my eyes were... And I had double vision at this stage, same as Race from Ireland. Okay, so you're actually hallucinating the entire landscape of the land yeah. that you're on. Yeah, like. well, yeah, I actually never thought of it as a hallucination. I, yeah, trick of the, yeah, well, the same fucking thing, yeah. So I was cycling up for hours and hours and hours. And I love climbing, but this wasn't a climb. This yes. was a, and I was on the TT bike and the lads were like, you're flying, you're flying, you're flying. I was like, but I shouldn't be on the TT bike. I'm going uphill. Uh, yeah, so get me <laughs> off. The, they're like, you're not, you're flying. Um, so I was, I was tipping along at that and... Uh, we hit we hit a point on, on that road um like i yeah i look not everyone will have seen i did a video um the day after the race had finished um explaining all this but i was cycling along and um i kind of i remember i looked up and i was this fucking road it's not it's not it's not ending it's not ending i looked back down and i looked up again and I had I had left my 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 mind my body I didn't know who I was didn't know where I was um fucking go going again um I was just like a switch just and I th- I think I radioed back and I said lads wh- wh- what's going on where am I and they were like uh, fuck <laughs> And uh, you could hear the murmurs behind, and they're like, "Yeah, you're just you're on." And I said, "No, but no, I don't mean 
what what road or what time I, like where am I like I thought I was in Australia training for Ram then I thought I was in England for some reason I thought I was on Race Around Ireland wrecking <clears throat> Race Around Ireland to qualify for Ram and then on the radio um, my father-in-law's brother Ray he was like oh no you're you're you're, you're on Ram everything's grand. I was like oh okay right and it like my voice was different my my pitch was different. Everything was fucking... To you? To me? I, I actually don't know. I haven't asked the lads that. Okay. But to me, I was like, what the... F- that, like, and they were like, yeah. And I was like, and where's Lauren and the kids? And they were like, oh, they're at home. You're on Ram and you're doing brilliant. And they're... Everything's okay. Everything's okay. Don't be worrying. Everything. And, and uh, I was like, all right, okay. Oh, fuck. And I kind of breathed a sigh of relief. And uh, it just bawled my eyes out for 20 minutes on the bike. I did The speed didn't drop. Nothing dropped. I just... Bawled my eyes out. And were you upset, or <sighs> I know it might sound like a stupid question, but given that you don't know where you are, who you are, and your voice yeah, sounds different, no, like no. you weren't sad, <clears throat> like you weren't think, you know. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Um, and without <laughs> without giving away the ending, I, I, I'll build to it. Um, but no, I I I don't know. I I it was as if maybe the the two or three days before, the two days before when the fun hallucinations were kind of happening, maybe I was worse than I thought I was. And I had kind of removed myself from me and all of a sudden there was this complete removal. And then the lads were trying to tell me who I was. And I, I, I don't know if it was the shock of of having your life and who you are explained to you. <laughs> Over a I'm being so disappointed. Ra- <laughs> over a bike radio, um, I, I I don't know. I don't know. I just I just bawled my eyes out, and then kept 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 cycling, kept hammering. The road kept rising. Um, con- I was convinced I was in Wexford because everything started to merge. It was like Race Around Ireland merged with the recce's I did for Race Around Ireland. This was merging with Race Around Ireland and Ram 2017, the sections that I could remember. That I was on. Yeah, your memories so and your present was, moment were kind of being yeah, conf- so my brain confused. Was just fucked, absolutely fucked. So, and you, sorry to cut across you again, but do you think that was down to e- exhaustion from exercise or sleep deprivation, or probably a, bit, a mix of both? I'm just going to fix your mic there. It's like, uh, it was a bit of both, um, a bit of both, and a bit of everything. Um, but there was. There was something else going on um, inside me that I, I think we 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 didn't figure out till till the next day. Um, so l- later on that evening, then <coughs> I remember saying to the lads, "I'm just going to pull in here. I'm going to have a can of coke, and uh, then I'll 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 plow on the whole way up to to the motel. Won't stop." And they're like, "Oh, brilliant, brilliant!" So I remember I had the can of coke and. Uh, um, we were yeah I got back on the bike and I remember saying to them how's my pace are you happy do you, do, you, do you want me to pick up the pace a little bit and they were like oh no you're doing well but if you if you want to pick it up a little bit yeah yeah like that wasn't me talking like it I, it's not up to them what pace I go like unless they say Graham you're fucked you're not going to make a cut go yeah because th- th- aside from that you decide yeah but like but it just, I've never, it, like, I'd raced fucking, I don't know, 15,000 kilometres in ultra cycling at this stage. And never once, never once said, 
how is my pace? Would you like me to go faster? So it didn't sound like me. So then the hallucination started kind of, I don't know, I started asking for Lauren and the kids a bit more. And uh, the lads were just like, yeah, no, no, everything's grand, everything's grand. So all's well. Um, then I stopped. So we were on about like consuming 20 odd litres a day. But every time I went for a piss, I didn't have to sing Postman Pat backwards to try and help with stage fright, but it was just slow in coming because your body doesn't want to release its fluid. Yeah. Do you know? So everything was... So I'd be like, lads, you just give me a minute and be looking around and it's going and, and it comes out and sometimes it's like a fucking... A mouse's tear <laughs> would fall out and you'd be like, oh, that's fantastic. And that's your that'd be your bladder empty. Um, but this time I stood and... Uh, I stood at a ditch and uh, the lad said I must have pissed for maybe 10, 15 minutes and I was in a pool of my own uh, urine by the end of it. But it was pitch black and they they said they should have checked. This is all they should have to what eventually happened. They should have checked was I pissing blood. Um, I I don't know where the, the long urination came from but I know from what I was looking at I had complete never mind postman Pat I had complete distraction I was looking in, into the ditch and there was um, like a roller coaster carriage in the ditch and there was kind of six seats or six or eight seats in it and there was six dead black people in it and uh I I was obviously there for 10 minutes looking looking at these people. Um but there was there was there was low, there was certain flowers in in the ditch. I know they're funny looking things. But they look like they look like hot dogs. And I think they actually have cotton inside them or something. It was very stereotypical there but uh they were moving and the black people's faces were moving with it. So as I'm looking at you say you have four parts to your left and right and then top right, top left, bottom right, bottom right. Yeah. But a leaf would go on your top right and your right eye would go off. It kind of weigh in and yeah, come back. Yeah, with, with the, the sway. With the sway of these leaves. Yeah. And um, I was, I was, I, I don't know, I couldn't, I couldn't look away. I think... It was it was as if and they were looking at me, but they were dead like. But they were looking at me as if to ask for help, but it was like it was way too too far gone. And I remember coming out then and I said it to my father in law, Brendan. I said, Brendan, there's 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 six dead bodies in there, we need to call the guards, we need to call the guards. And he was like, Okay, yeah, no, I'll sort it, I'll sort it. I think he even said, Look, where are they? And I said, There they are and I remember looking back and they were still there, so it wasn't. They weren't out of view. From, no, but from it was. It was. wasn't. A, it wasn't a, a flash vision, and they disappear. Yeah, I looked you, back, and they were still. And they were still there as they were. So. Yeah, yeah. And th- this is the weird. And maybe maybe it is the same with drugs. I don't know, but I I can remember the hallucinations. Like they're happening now. The, like the the 
I can remember fuck all of those six days, but I remember every single bit of the hallucination, and it's as clear as day, and it's never going to leave my brain. Yeah, but they're halluc- like, I, I don't know. I, I, um, Mulvey uh, Kev called into the shop, and I was like. I think I'm going to talk to a psychologist about about all the stuff that happened. And he was like, no, go take some drugs and talk to Ivor. And yeah. I think I'm going to do both because I have to. I'll get into it. But so, yeah, so they were there and he was like, yeah, you know, it's grand. I, I'll I'll deal with the guards. You you just get back on the bike. I look after. I was like, oh, fantastic, brilliant. Right, fair play to you. So off I went and um, further down the road. And then things just started uh, <laughs> could you get worse than that they started uh, kind of getting out of control then so I had spent the, the last two days previous veering off into oncoming traffic because I was falling asleep on the bike and the rumble strips had wake me up and I'd come back off and I don't know how I didn't fall off the bike um, but uh, a few more miles down the road then I think I, yeah a few more miles down the road I saw, I saw a shoe on the road, on the side of the road. And somewhere in my fucked up brain, at the time, equated that to three, two or three days previous. I saw a pair of shoes tied, thrown over a telephone pole, which means there's a gang in the up op- in the area operating yeah, there, or, or, or a drug dealer, dealer or yeah. yeah. So I saw, saw the shoe. Somehow equated that to that, and then a few minutes later. Uh, there was eight shoes on the road about 10 metres apart and behind each shoe was a stall and behind each stall was a drug dealer. And they kept every few metres there was more and more and more of them. And are you passing them I'm or passing are they always them, in front of you? I'm passing them and they're they're looking at me funny and then it gets worse. Then they start threatening me. Then one lad was running after me and I remember he pulled up his shirt to show me his gun. So I was flat to the mat trying to cycle away from these lads but but really freaking out because again, this isn't blurred, this isn't in pieces. This is this is more vivid than any day or experience I've ever had in life. Like, do you know? Like we've done the parachute jump together and that should be one of the most alert fucking ingrained things and I remember loads of it but I don't remember all of it but I remember every single bit of these and I don't it, you're obviously working a completely different part of the brain I, I, I don't know I don't know but it's funny you say that because a lot of uh, what a lot of people who've done uh, psychedelics will say and I can attest to this myself part. is you know, not, I don't necessarily think it's, it's opening a different part but they'll often report and I can report from my own experience that it's your experience is is as mad as it might be you could be flying through space or you could be seeing drug dealers and you cycling it doesn't matter what it is but a common theme is that it's realer than real life like mm. that it's 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 more than real it's kind of hyper real or meta real yeah it's more vivid like the sounds the color and this was pitch black at night like and <clears throat> later on then later on like this could have all happened in fucking 10 minutes I don't know um, one of them one the, the bigger black drug dealer um, got into his car and followed me up the road and told me he, that I was interfering with his business and if I came by him again I'd be in serious trouble <clears throat> so then um, 
I don't know that maybe the brain switched then to protect myself from from the real scary stuff at that time. Um, so the lads took me off the bike and put me in the back of the van. Now I've done loads of these races, and they all say every crew member I've ever had is the the, the reason why I can do these races is when they come and wake me after cycling for 22 hours and they give me a 20 minute nap I wake up yeah grand on the bike and I go and I'm not grumpy I'm I don't you know <clears throat> maybe I'm used to I don't know that, that's your kind that's of competitive my, advantage yeah, yeah that's my thing is is that I always just hop up grand no bother and then we're back in, in the swing of it and uh, <coughs> this one time um, a bit previous to that um. I didn't know who... I thought I was kidnapped and I didn't know who my crew members were. Lovely. I, th- I thought they kidnapped me and it was my father-in-law, his brother Ray, who had done Ram for me before, and Barry Harton. And uh, so they were telling me where Gary and Andy and, and um, Rob were and the other lads, they were at a certain point. So I was like, right, I just need to cycle to, to Gary and he, he'll sort me. And the lads could see there was a big shift going on I- inside me. Um, so they decided to ring Gary. So I, I just kept asking for Lauren and the kids over and over and over for the last couple of hours. Where are they? Why won't you bring me to them? Why can't I see them? Where are you holding them? And they're like, they're at home, Graham, they're at home. So they thought by ringing Gary, it would pep put a, me and Put snap a bit me. of a pep in your steps there, yeah, yeah. But I, <clears throat> I pulled Gary over seconds before the start line. And I, I was crying and uh, we, I just went to the toilet and we were walking back over and all the crew were standing there looking and I pulled them to the side and I had tears in my eyes and I said, no matter what happens, don't let them pull me off the race. And he said, I won't, I won't. I said, Gary, promise me, I'll never forgive you. Don't let them pull me off the race. And he said, I won't, I won't, I won't. So he rang me and he said, do you remember what you said to me heading down the start line? Do you remember the?" And uh, so he went to give me this pep talk. But I wasn't asking to go to sleep and I wasn't asking for food. I wasn't asking for a rest or fucking pseudocrate. I wasn't asking for anything. I was asking for my wife and kids. And when he came on trying to give me a pep talk, I thought he was part of it. And I was like, fuck, I'm on my own. I'm on my own. So the lads put me in for a sleep. And again, they always tap me on the leg, ready, Graham. And I hop up, ready to go. And I remember I curled myself into a ball and I was fucking screaming at them. I was like, hey, leave me alone, leave me alone. And uh, they were at me and at me and at me. And then I did, they said I got out and I said, well, you shower a cunt I'm going to bring me to my wife and kids. So I may as well fucking cycle there myself. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, grand, grand, yeah, grand, grand. Off with you. <laughs> yeah. So I hopped on the bike and off I went. And uh, then a few miles down the road, I started seeing people I knew and... Uh, they were pulling up alongside me in the car and they were kind of going, Graham, I'll bring you. I'll bring you to Lauren and the kids. Come on, follow me. I'm just going up here. And one of, the, one of them, my main sponsor, um, cool Irish Cooling Towers and Accessories, John Kennedy is his name. And it was him. He pulled up in his in his uh, lovely Jeep. And I said, yeah, Granny. He said, just, just up here to the left. I said, perfect, Grand. So I cycled along and I tucked in behind him. And he turned left and he, I could see the lights going up the mountain. And I was oh, fucking brilliant, this is fantastic. So I swung in to the left and next thing the, horn, the lads were beeping the horn. I said, Graham, come in, come in, come in. And then I looked up 
and there was no road, obviously, and there was no car. For fuck's sake. And there was nobody, there was nothing there. And what were you, had you cycled out onto? The other side of the road. Oh, Jesus. Oncoming traffic. And this had happened maybe three or four times because other people were coming up saying, I'll bring you. I said, oh, brilliant. And then the lads would be like, great, move over, move over, move over. And uh, I remember then a few hours later, <clears throat> a few hours later, a few minutes later, I was like, lads, I need a doctor. And uh, I've never said that in my life. Yeah. Um, I'd never go to the GP. You know, I'd have to be forced into a macho shite, whatever. But I just don't. I don't get sick. I don't. But there was nothing wrong with me. There was nothing wrong. Bar everything wrong. <laughs> everything. <laughs> Aside from everything. Everything was fine. wrong. But in my head, everything that Ram brings was happening and that was normal and I was ready for it and I was waiting for it but I'd no so I'd no use of my hands I had blisters everywhere I had double vision I couldn't couldn't see everything was just in bits but that's ram that's fucking the world's toughest race part of the course yeah everything that could be sore is sore but I had nothing I don't know subconsciously wrong or sore or internally wrong or sore that I went oh fuck this isn't this isn't normal and again the voice that said I need a doctor didn't even fucking sound like me I think I I think I actually pricked my ears to kind of go the fuck was that and it was me so then a few hours later fuck a few minutes later um, I there was there, it wasn't even the horizon it was it was just a slither of of sunlight it hadn't even cracked yet, and I remember saying to myself, "I." So the the whole previous day was a complete fucking mess, and I, but I was back in the room then, all of a sudden, and I, I remember kind of going, "Fucking hell, that was fucking mental." What was? And then I said, "Right, you're, you know this. You're suffering. You're in bits." But the sun's coming up, and you know, you know yourself. You've done this a million times. Once it comes up. You'll bitch and moan and the lads will pull you in and they'll give you a bite to eat but the sun will be up and everything will be fine. And the split second the sun came up, I stopped the bike and I put my feet on the ground and I said, I think I need a doctor. And the lads were like, fuck, right? So they came up alongside me and uh, like Brendan is massive. He's huge. Biggest hands I've ever seen. And we were joking that the only person with hands that he ever saw bigger than his was his brother Ray who was <laughs> who was navigating so the two of them came out and they were like what's wrong and I, and I was like I, I, I don't know I need, a, I need a doctor I need a doctor I need a doctor and they were like right okay okay and I'd lost all power from my elbows down I mean complete power they were, the two of them with their massive claws were squeezing as hard as they could and I couldn't feel a thing and they're like, can you change the gears? And I was like, no, 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 but I'll be fine. If you put it into a light gear, I, I'll cycle down the road. And then when I get to somewhere, we, you can come up and change. I'll stop and we can change gears. We'll, we'll keep going, we'll keep going. <clears throat> and they were like, no, no, we'll, we'll put you in the car. So the lads were 40 miles away in a motel. So I sat down, because um, complete double vision still. So f- probably for the previous eight or nine hours, I was cycling one eye and had a tilt. It was the only way I could see where, where I was going and not crash into stuff that wasn't there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I sat in the front seat of the car and within seconds I developed this 
tremor in my in my right hand <clears throat> and it this is kind of all the blur while the hallucinations were were still to this still now just so vivid and I remember the lads kind of going no Janisha what the fuck is this and then it went into my full right arm and then it went into my leg and then whole body convulsions like or it looked like an epileptic fit yeah okay so they got me to the motel um, <clears throat> got me into the bed um, and yeah so it was essentially what looked like an epileptic fit double vision I couldn't breathe I, I think it was maybe f- f- half an hour 40 minutes and are you kind of are you <clears throat> conscious do you remember any of this not or? really no I, I don't remember a whole lot I remember all the crew pacing the room not all the crew. Some of them were outside and I could hear them talking. And whoever was in the room, they were bawling their eyes out, <laughs> looking at me. And I remember Brendan was blaming himself and he was being comforted by his brother. But Gary was kneeling beside me and he had his head in mine and he was bawling, begging me to fucking hold on. I think I think I said to him, I said, be, be alright, it'll be alright. And... Uh, there was talk of the doctor surgery isn't open for another two hours and an ambulance is too far away and oh, I, I don't know so I like Pat the cameraman he should have been there and I gave out to him for not being there but I think somebody or a couple of the lads told him to get the fuck out because I think we all thought I was yeah, they didn't want to video you dying. Yeah, but I had told Pat before we left, no matter what happens, if I get keep splattered by a car, keep it rolling. You can choose then to delete footage, but if yes. you don't have it, you can never have it. And he said, morally, he couldn't do it, which is fair enough, but he should, it, it should have been filmed. Um, So then, yeah, so I thought I was uh, on the way out. Uh, which I was, um, we found out later. But so the lads didn't know what to do. <clears throat> so they they somehow copped that the the rider behind me was approaching, and they realised a day or two before that she had a doctor, a GP, as part of her team. As part of her team. So I. Uh, I hadn't, I felt I hadn't taken a breath for 40 minutes. And uh, by chance, he he was passing a few minutes later. So they waved him down and he was on the other shift all the time. It was just this one time he was in that shift that he had to... Stop at the motel. Had, had been, had by chance, had been passing by. And I remember looking to the door. They said, a doctor's coming, doctor's coming. And I I turned and I looked at the door. And this tall lad and this little lad came in. And I remember I looked at the tall lad, squinted my eye. It was like you and we used to say hello to each other in the street. You'd close one eye and you'd squint the other and then you'd see who it was. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember squinting and I saw the tall lad's face. And I thought, fuck. I'm fucked. fucked. <laughs> he went white. But he wasn't the doctor. I think he was a, a physio or a, or a trainer or something. 
And then you mean to clean the motel? Yeah. <laughs> this, this this little Mexican doctor came over, and um, it's nice to be able to tell this story with ball my eyes out. But he, uh, yeah, he came in. He was shit cool, um, and he put all sorts all sorts of drugs inside me for sepsis for. Lung and fe- for everything, just everything he he had, he pumped inside me, and uh, good old Mexican doctor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a cocaine habit now, but <laughs> I'm alive to tell the tale. Um, but he, uh, so yeah, so eventually the 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 tremor or the convulsions stopped, and um, slowly started being able to breathe again. And I remember I was absolutely freezing, but the sweat was pouring off me. Mm. Um, but the lads had ice all over me and uh, yeah so he put put all sorts in me and then I think the last one was a painkiller and every part of my body that was touching the bed got pins and got kind of a funny tingly feeling now I don't take painkiller I don't take anything so this was fucking Deadly. And I remember lying there and I was like, oh, carry him after pissing myself. <laughs> and he, he, he pulled back the jeep. No, he didn't. <laughs> and I was like, okay, 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 I didn't. So just the drugs that did it. So he said, um, let it calm down for a few minutes and um, rush him to the hospital. So then we got into the hospital and. Um, How far away is the hospital? It was an hour. Okay. I think. Fucking hell. Yeah. So there was no way I, I I was going to make being driven to the hospital without either de- like so we got to the the hospital anyway and they had diagnosed it with um, uh, traumatic rhabdomyolysis. So it's 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 due to kind of a trauma to the muscles or the body, but it was a, it was like a perfect storm of everything between the the lung infection. Or the chest infection to start the race with, and the whole thing with Kansas is you you get out of the high altitude, you survived the heat, you survived high altitude. It's boring, but it's grand. And this time, for the first time ever in forty years of Ram, it was hotter in Kansas than it was in the desert. So oh, everyone lovely. pulled out after that. Everyone was out of the frying pan and into the fire, kind of thing, dropping like flies. So it's just a perfect storm of everything. But Rabdo is is your muscles break down. Um, and the proteins into are, your bloodstream is it or are released back into your bloodstream so okay. it starts attacking your kidneys Lovely. so I was they said I was three hours away from and if I got off out of the hospital and back on the bike I would be three hours from um, liver failure uh, kid, kidney failure or kidney failure sorry um, cardiac arrest or paralysis and when they said paralysis because how how like how do you get paralysis from exactly. from not snapping something? Do you know it had to be in my brain. It had to be very severe. Yeah, people. Joe, have I've had car crashes and yeah, falling out the bed. Even yeah, whatever. like I've had trouble with with my heart, and I got that all checked before. Um, and to be honest, if they said cardiac arrest, we had a defib in the car. I honestly, I honestly, I honestly would have got back on the bike. Um. But it was the paralysis that that, that freaked me out. Um, so that was that was the end of Ram, um, and I was I was okay with it straight away. To be honest, because as I said before, doctors and death you don't argue with either of them. 
And yeah. there was no argue, like that was that was it. If I didn't have a wife and kids, I've thought about this a lot. The first doctor worded it as kidney trouble, definitely kidney failure, possibly. And I was like, I like those odds. <laughs> <laughs> you would, you bad spirit. But when the consultant came in, she was like, no, don't you fucking dare. Yeah. We can't stop you, but three, four hours time, you're gone. So that was, that was, that was the end of it. That was, that was fine. Like I was, I was flying. I, the, even though I was going through the, the mill, I was getting faster and faster and faster. And that was our plan. And I was executing it perfectly. Um, so I was completely, I was robbed. I robbed of a finish. Um, if I had my wife's blessing and uh, a good sponsor, I'd go back next year. But, um, Do you hear that old sponsors, potential sponsors <laughs> out there? But I have, um, I have um, the spine race in January, um, the double Everest in spring, and then uh, world record FKT in Ireland way. Sorry, FKT? Uh, fastest known time. Okay. And then... Um, so sorry, that's the round Ireland? No, that's top to bottom off-road run of Ireland. Okay. This uh, is what you attempted before yeah, and went into the potholes or the, whatever, the, the bog bog holes. Hole, yeah. So that that's the kind of next year planned. Um, and then I'll either get back on the bike and, and train solidly for two two years for Ram uh, or else I'll row the Atlantic and then get back on the bike. Uh, so I'm going to need a load of sponsors. But um, but yeah, so I was... I, look, I was okay with the DNF because it was... It, it was just... It was... it was There was no there was no other option. Well, it's the equivalent of getting hit by a fucking car or something. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't go on, you can't yeah. go on kind of thing. But but my thing, like... I'm, <laughs> like, since it... I'm like, yeah, I'm completely fucking lost. My life is lost because... It's been like years in the build and I had loads of plans to do stuff after and like loads of races and like a, I saw another business and I want to go and do a bit of studying but just for my own sake of studying and I'm thinking it's all on hold for another few years and it, it, it not doesn't necessarily have to be on hold but just I don't know I'm just it's fucking with my head a lot. Well I'd imagine so Jesus Christ. But then there's the other side of the stuff where like, it wasn't me who asked for... Now, I don't believe in <clears throat> in religion or, or... or Not religion, religion's a lot of bollocks, but faith uh, faith can be a great thing to a lot of people. Um, but I don't believe in, in anything beyond... Um, beyond death, presumably. Yeah, yeah. Until I maybe try some ayahuasca and then maybe it'll, it'll fill me in. But, uh, uh, but look, who, who knows, but... It wasn't me that asked for. What what what's mostly fucking with my head is. It wasn't me who asked for a doctor, right? Yeah. We were forty or fifty miles away from the motel, and within minutes of me asking for a doctor and driving the forty fifty miles, the Mexican doctor was driving past, who essentially saved my life. There's not chance. That's not chance, like. Yeah, synchronicity is what would be known yeah, as, I suppose. Yeah. But it's funny, though, because but, synchronicity is a weird one, because so uh, if there wasn't a doctor there, you would have died, and that would have been the end of it, and you would have been just another yeah. cyclist who died doing something. 
but it's only when the doctor is there that there's this story. There's the coincidence, yeah. Do you know what I, I know, and then it leads to other, yeah. So it could be two part synchronicity or three part, or yeah, it's like coincidence. But when it happens more than twice, then it's not coincidence. It's I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, like yeah, so that that's kind of fucking with me head a good, a good bit, and um, the fact that even though all the rhabdo was going on and I didn't know it was going on, something inside my body made me ask for a doctor. But yeah. it, di- it didn't give me a dart in the kidneys. It didn't give me a blast to the liver or it didn't give me chest pain. It didn't give me anything. Yeah. So why was I cycling along? Not happy out because I was tripping balls, but, <laughs> but I was waiting for the morning to come to get back to normal. And why did... I don't know why I'm asking you. Am I supposed to ask? No, no, but I, 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 I'm fascinated. Like from from my from my perspective, like you said a couple of times, you know, and to quote you, I might be paraphrasing here, but the sentiment is certainly there. You said something along the lines of, "I didn't ask for a doctor," but like what? Like it, as I said, it, it didn't even sound like me, and and all through that point and <clears throat> before that, I kept asking for Lauren and the kids. I, I never once asked for more sleep or food or... Because I didn't know my fucking own name. I didn't know what was going on. And I've had a lot, a lot of fucking time to think uh, of it since. But I was looking for them because I wanted to say goodbye because I was... I was dying, like... My body was shutting down. Yeah, yeah. You wanted your to one last chance to, to talk goodbye. to them, like, yeah. Say yeah. goodbye. And that... It's just fucking blowing my head. Well, that's essentially a near-death experience. If not essentially, that's exactly that's what a, it is. Like. That's what my own GP had said. Yeah, yeah. So I was trying to make contact to say goodbye before continuing on down the road on the bike, which would eventually led to... You just collapsing <coughs> in a heap and that would be the end of it. Kidney failure, cardiac arrest or paralysis. Yeah, or all of the above. <laughs> if you got lucky. Yeah, yeah <laughs> fucking fast one. Um. So yeah, my head is... is what, what what made me ask for a doctor? Well, it's and funny. if I didn't, would the lads have... Because like, it's not their fucking job to spot this hidden rhabdomyelosis but that nobody a, ever... E- even their if job it was, is to send me down the road. Even if it was their job to spot it, they didn't spot it. So, yeah, but, do you, know what I mean? but you can't spot it. Like, well, yeah, yeah. Unless you fucking take blood samples and... I don't know, you can't spot it. Because um, there's no... Yeah, your your hands didn't go purple and they went, no, oh fuck, No, because they, they had swelled completely the day before. And um, like there's a photo of me eating a rasher sandwich and everyone's like, oh, so that's what you look like when you're 70. <laughs> the whole face was a balloon and my arms were completely ballooned out. Um, and I got to the hospital and the one was checking me in and she goes, what's wrong? And I told her, and I think, like, at the end of explaining everything, I said, I'm sore. And we, we didn't know it was rabbit at this stage. And I said, I'm sore all over. And she fucking wrote down, sore all over. So I was put into a bed and um, I had the, <coughs> the arm protectors, sun protectors on. Yeah. And they were tight as it is because they want the marrow. But the hands had completely, arms had completely swollen from the shoulder down. So they had cut here and here. Where At they, your biceps. Uh, yeah. Um, to get to take bloods or to give you something or no 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 the the arm sleeves had cut into me oh fuck okay yeah. so when I lay down 
the nurse came in and she saw the, the charts in sore all over. And then she thought I was trying to scam meds off her. Oh, for fuck's sake. And Americans don't understand. Like, none of them knew I wasn't American. Because not, not one of them... Like, when we stopped in in, Kansas, in, in the, the where the motel was later on, they were like, oh, where did you start from? And I said, California. They're like, oh, you're from California. I was like, no, the fucking three of us are fucking Irish. Look at us. <laughs> but they don't understand accents because they don't leave their town. They yes. certainly don't leave their fucking state. Yeah, you're just from somewhere else ne- in America. Yeah, yeah. So you wanted to know, oh, here's an Irish lad and he's wearing cycling clothing. I actually wasn't wearing cycling because they'd, they'd cut all my gear off me. Yeah. Um. So she, yeah. So And then I was like, oh no, I'm, I'm cycling. I was cycling across America. And she, I knew very well she didn't fucking believe me. And then she pulled up my T-shirt and saw these cuts. And it was like a tourniquet. Oh, yes, yes. And so she was having none of it, really. And she was being nasty, like. And then the registrar came in then, and she was like, would you like some uh, painkillers? And I was like, no, I'm fine, I don't take anything. And she was like, Any-? like and I said, no, I honestly, I don't take stuff. And she was like, it's just fucking over there. <laughs> she goes, it's just regular over-the-counter Tylenol. And I was like, kind of like paracetamol. And she was, yeah. I said, oh, yeah, please, yeah, I'm in fucking bits. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then the nurse was like, oh, okay, he's not trying to fucking scam me. Yes. <clears throat> Unless he's playing the long game. And then she, she was lovely. It turned out she had a grandson called Graham as well. And, or Graham. And, um, yeah, um, she was lovely. Um, but, yeah, it was just a bit too... Close for, for comfort. But and what changes has it made? Because presumably you're all up in your head about this ever since. Just fried. Just fried. Um, nothing. And everything. Yeah. But nothing yeah. like people say like, oh, I nearly drowned and I'm going to go work with fucking orphans. <laughs> like, like nothing's changing that ways. Um, I thought I'd be a lot more frightened. Or aware <laughs> of how easy it can go, but then people are saying, "But it can't go as easy as because you were doing the world's toughest race. Like you, you, you brought this on yourself. Like you, you're you're hiring your percentages of death by doing ram as yeah. opposed to fucking being librarian. Like, but um, I thought those paper cuts do add up. But uh, has it changed anything? No, not until I figure out. Would you see? It? But I'm never going to figure it out. What do you see with a lot of people? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of similarities between what you've gone through and uh, a psychedelic experience. So because near death experiences are very like psychedelic experiences, but with psych- I've never had a near death experience, but I've had a handful of psychedelic ones. And a big part of having a psychedelic experience, it's one thing having it, but the the work kind of starts after the dust settles, and the, the the terminology in that kind of world is integration. Mm. the idea being that you have to kind of come to terms with it and you can get help with that so you can speak to somebody who's been down that road but ultimately like if, if you're looking for yeah if you're looking for <clears throat> answers from somebody else like kind of good luck with that one well, because the they're, they're, they're their off the lead. <laughs> <laughs> I was told I'd have answers um, yeah look yeah no it's it's fucked my head <clears throat> has it changed anything <clears throat> um the biggest response I've ever had to a podcast was the last time we were here. And people I hadn't spoken to in years came up to me on the street. Savage. <clears throat> and uh, people from Australia and America messaged me about it. And it was, <clears throat> we briefly touched on it because I didn't want to get into it. Um, 
but it was it was it was these split second remember i said like a, a mike tyson described dmt as a as a rocket ship of kind of mayhem and then you boom, back in back in the room yeah yeah you get blasted like, away <clears> yeah but i was having that with this with this panic of of death okay and um oh god i suffered shock and leading into ram with it and like uh, and sorry was this death anxiety <clears throat> to put uh, yeah, some sort of a label on it yeah I, yeah but it it's just me sit it's not even that it's me sitting there and you know the feeling you get when you're when you're thinking of space and then all of a sudden you think it's infinity and then oh yeah it goes on forever and then for a split second it actually registers with you that it goes on for and you get a bit fucking freaked and then it's gone. Yes. That's what I am getting with death. It's just this built up of maybe two breaths of absolute terror. And then I shun it away and I get rid of it. But in those two breaths, it's a lifetime of, it can't be it, it can't be it, it can't be it. So you never get to come back. You can't, it has to be something. No, you have, you know, you're, no, you have to come back to life. You can't, but, 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 boom. And I've stopped myself every single time from essentially leading it to a full-on panic attack or a fucking me curling a ball on the, on the ground. And how have you stopped yourself from I, doing that? I don't that? know. I, I just, I, I just, I don't know. I just, push it down I know I shouldn't be pushing it down I shouldn't fucking think about it but I had them every single day in the lead up to Ram and I took out extra insurance and life insurance leading to Ram and I had for a 10 week build into it I just had this feeling in the pit of my stomach that I never allowed entertain it that I was going to die in Ram so I did a lot of getting my affairs in order before the race even started and was that in your head? Presumably it was when you were being fucking brought into a motel room in convulsions. <clears throat> that I was thinking of it? No, no. Because all I was trying to do was breathe. <laughs> um, but no, no, no. It, nothing. But has it has it changed? I, I've only had one of those bursts of of death anxiety since, since Ram has finished. And that's the longest I've gone in probably two years. Okay, so you had so how long ago me. was that? Just to get the timelines in order. Um, Since Ramsey, um, I finished on the twenty. Oh fuck! Twenty first of June. Of June, so July. Sure, it's only fucking August. Yeah, no, this was yeah. only fucking six weeks ago, there, yeah. thereabouts. Yeah. Okay, and you've had one of these moments since then. Yeah. Was that, you know, the day you came home no, or yesterday? No, it was, only, or? it was only last week. Okay, yeah. so I, you I had did. a five-week kind of break. Yeah. So previous to you starting Ram, how, reg- how regular were <clears throat> these kind of, call them semi-panic attacks? or Once a fortnight. Okay, yeah. and at any particular time of the day or at, Usually when I'm on my own with thoughts. Okay, and how are you, like, so presumably you don't have a lot of, time by yourself no. outside of you know fucking cycling or doing yeah, something no. or you're always busy yeah what would happen to you do you think if for whatever reason you did find yourself with a lot of time i know <coughs> would you eat yourself alive like i think so okay yeah that's why i think i that that's probably it's taken so long to figure out why i do what i do but yeah i think so like, like the people that came up to me like one one came up to me and she just said, 
it was the best podcast I've ever heard. He said, because nobody's honest anymore. And it's all a front. And then my whole thing is, right, you've suffered from depression and you've spoke about it. Yours is genuine. Most, not most, a lot aren't. Life is hard, right? Life is shit. People are cunts. Nowadays, the buzzword for everything is depression and anxiety. Depression and anxiety. And people are making their way and finding sponsors and finding... Oh, it's an industry. It is a fucking full-blown industry. Yeah, 100%. It's a grift, like. sickens my whole. And I know several people who do it have never been fucking... You know, and they just play on it, play and play on it. And then, like, one of my crew members, he's dealt with it for years. He was minutes away from a successful suicide mm-hmm. till he was found. And when I hear people, career depressionists, yeah, I think yeah. of him, it just, it sickens my, sickens my whole. And I, like, I've often thought I haven't full-time sponsors because no, nobody in the world is doing what I'm doing by bike and run. They always, they either do one or the other. And they definitely merit some sort of help. And within two years, three years, I'll have, like, completely. But I have no sob story. Yeah. Do you know? And I, I, I don't want this to be anywhere near linked to a sob story. This, this fucking petty split second of madness that I pushed back down to my toes <laughs> for it to rear its ugly head again. Um, and it's not the fear of dying, it's the fear of that there's nothing else and it, ca- it can't just be it. It can't. But oh, it is. Oh, can it? <laughs> but it is. But she came up and she just said, it, it was amazing, thanks so much. And uh, um, and then another, le- I'm, I'm, fuck it, I'm going to say, I probably won't want me to, but Gary Morell that was in our <clears throat> year in school, we, we were best of friends in primary school and first year. And uh, he got in touch, hadn't spoken to him in years since he moved to Australia. And um, two and a half years ago, he was given two years to live. And on the anniversary of his of his supposed death, he did um, an Ironman Savage. in Australia. And I posted out a few bits to him, runners and clothes and stuff. But I posted out my Race Around Ireland finishers jersey. And it actually still had blood, sweat and tears on it. <laughs> and I sent it to him and I wrote him a handwritten letter. And his wife got in touch with me then. Um, and they were bawling their eyes out reading the letter. And it was just, it was just like, because he was t- calling me a hero and he's on about this and your legend. And like, what I am doing is fucking nothing compared to what he, like he's waking up every single day trying to stay alive for his wife and kids. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. He's yeah. still getting treatment. Now he's fucking, he's hammering it. He's doing so, so well and he's down to a tiny dot on his lung. He, he's, ju- he's just phenomenal. Like, And I thought of him probably uh, genuinely every three to four hours on RAM. I Because the fellow who took off before me on RAM, they're a minute apart and they give you a quick to give the crowd a quick synopsis of, of who you are and what you did. The fellow before me, he bet, he'd beaten cancer for the second time, only like two or three years previous. And your man said, this would be nothing to you. This is just a bike race. And my shoulders just went, class, right, let's go. <laughs> let's go. I have nothing to worry about. But 
yes, the last podcast is when we touched on all that and had such a massive, massive fucking. And then Gary was sharing it with everyone in Australia. He sent it to a friend in Canada, I think, who sent it to a fellow in America. And they were all fucking messaged me out of the blue. And, and all he did was touch on... But he... Because Gary was... What he had said was it was great to hear somebody talk about it. Because I'm dealing with it every day. And then I felt like a complete fraud because... Yeah, who are you to be the one the talking fuck, about what, it? What am I fucking worried about? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Hence why we never spoke of it again, really. But... Um, yeah, so that that's just my little little thing. Has Ram changed me? Has it helped me? Has it? No, because it's not finished. I have to go back. I'm going back. If I cross the line and then they said, Joe, you were two more hours and you were dead. Yeah, maybe not either. No, I don't know. But has it changed me? No, because I have to go back. It's all I can think of. It's all I can think of. Nothing can get out of my head, bar. The crack we had, and I, here's the fucking thing: the crack we had. I said to myself three days into it, "You haven't enjoyed a single minute of this fucking <laughs> hellhole." And then two days after the finish, we were in fucking Nashville drinking beers. Well, I was hugging a Heineken for fucking four hours, and it was oh, the best trip of our lives, lads. Wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was unreal. Do you remember this? No, it was fucking hell. It was hell. But you'd never go back. Same with childbirth. You'd never do it again. They release a hormone inside to make you forget the, the pain. And yeah, they must do. Because no one has, I've said that to herself. Oh, no, no. Like, the, I, that is actual fact. I'd well believe it. Some, something into you to make you forget the bad bits. And, and then... Uh, um, sure, if you didn't, there'd be a population crisis that you wouldn't yeah, have, oh, no, God, yeah, not have yeah, a second yeah, kid. It like. accentuates the, uh, the, the fuzzy, cuddly bits. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... Just have to go back. And will it come back? I don't know. I I don't know. Will I have Rabdo again? I, I don't think so. Are there markers for <clears> it that you can be kind of a little bit more aware of it? Is is Rabdo, you know, ah, every second cyclist gets ra- a bit of Rabdo no, every so often. No, like, I, 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 I'll be honest, I never even heard of it. And, and um, you're in that loop, obviously. Yeah, and when Race Cross America Facebook page announced my DNF from Rabdo, I read the comments underneath it and it freaked me out. There was people who died from it, people who got it six years ago and never rode a bike again, people who got it um, who can't fucking walk. Just mad stuff. Mad. Like, it absolutely freaked me out. But I asked my doctor, she was like, no, that it, it, it's not to say it's ever going to come back. It's not to say it's not going to come back. Um, I told her about the spine um, in January. Um, she was like, no, look, that's, she said, all you have to worry about that is, is uh, hypothermia. So um, she didn't say no, definitely don't do it. But then it was Dave said it to me. He goes, the only thing I'm worried about the spine is it's self-supported. And what if it did happen and you're 40 miles, 50 miles from the nearest checkpoint on foot in snow? By yourself. Yeah, you ain't, <laughs> you ain't making that one. <laughs> but then I have a tracker and if the tracker doesn't move after a while and you haven't... Didn't know what's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, something's up. So it'll be all right. It'll be grand. <laughs> what's the worst thing that could happen? <laughs> so there you go that's it <clears throat> raised a few quid for the Alzheimer's Centre in, in Navin as we always do uh, the support was incredible <clears throat> had a ball um, hated every minute of it <laughs> <And> <laughs> can't wait to do it again can't wait to go back can't wait to go back um, 
I'm fucking flooded with a half a dozen different things. That I, I know. Sorry, to. I've no, no. You're from, grand. You've been great. I've jumped from one thing to the other without. <clears throat> but that, like that, but that to me, like every single last conversation I've ever had with anyone on this platform has been exactly like that, completely tangential. And it's not that you know that's what people want to listen to because I tr- I try and completely forget that it's a recording if if at all possible. Yeah. Because what I want to do is is just have fucking open and honest conversations yeah, with yeah. people, and it speaks to that well, authenticity it, it, that you and mentioned. It works like. because. Every time I come on here, the reaction is massive. Savage, I'm delighted to hear that. Well, it just goes to show that you're fucking making a difference to people and you're reaching people because, unfortunately, I can't speak for other societies, but certainly in Irish society, we don't have a tendency to talk about anything. But we just don't... There's the begrudgery end of things, but we we don't like talking about anything of any kind of depth. Yeah. Like, even I remember, even in my school days... Oh, especially yourself, Jesus Christ. But where human beings are inherently deep. Yeah. So anytime you mention, you know, yourself, it immediately goes to kind of depth. <laughs> but it's funny because one thing that would have made me gravitate towards you in school and our clique of friends uh, was this, you did entertain... We were a good-looking bunch. Well, yeah, that that too, <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, but you had an ear for the type of things that I would have talked about which would have been internalized stuff and kind of more deep and deep and meaningful stuff kind yeah, of no, no, a bit yeah. shitty but yeah. you know you know where i'm coming from we were never afraid to be honest i think that was probably key about it yeah yeah um and we weren't we probably weren't we were hilarious and funny beyond our years true true <laughs> and ridiculously good looking yeah uh but no i, th- I think I just that's the piss out of each other all the time but yeah yeah because and it's a lot of the fucking past guests and friends of the show that I've that I've had on. I've known I've known those people a very long time, and like I mightn't see you for a fucking two years, yeah, and then you're immediately back into the we hang around every day kind yeah, of yeah, crack. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, the last time that we spoke was it the last time you were on? Um, I I, I I bumped into you maybe. at that kind of talk before you went to oh, Ram yeah, over yeah, in Trim yeah, Castle yeah. but I mean that was fleeting at best yeah, and yeah. before them it probably was yeah. Uh, yeah. here we should do this more often yeah yeah, we're friends over 25 years but that's but like I hadn't seen Mulvey in an age and he came into the shop the other day and like I've known Kevin since we were 6 or 7 yeah fucking best mates again straight away like and it, you don't have to try do you know it's just but so that's natural, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's why, like, I was delighted to come on here because I've been asked by a couple of others to to get to to come on and give the the exclusive, yeah, pro- right I've, and I've, proper. But I've had loads of people then <laughs> saying, "When are you going on the podcast? I, I want to hear it all." Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you 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 get the the worst out of me. <laughs> yeah, the fucking best. <laughs> uh, one thing I want to fucking touch on before we 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 wrap up is you said earlier that. I didn't mm. uh, ask uh-huh. for the doctor. Yeah. And there's something I think really interesting there because there's there's 101 ways that you can kind of look at your own your own self. But we have a, a tendency, I think, to think that we are this one thing. But yeah. in many ways, we're a, like a collection of sub-personalities. And I think that's what the Greek gods might have been. So you were... Everybody's kind of semi-familiar with the idea of being possessed by... Being possessed, let's say by either anger or rage or love or so when you you know you, you hold the, the the trope I suppose is you hold your newborn in your arms and you're just fucking you know all you can feel is fucking love or you know you, you find out your girlfriend's cheating on you and all you can fucking feel is rage <laughs> and 
like you're you're not consumed by rage sitting there yeah. here in front of me, and you're not consumed by love sitting here in front of me. But that rage and that love and all the other sub personalities is kind of is in you. Do you know, kind of as you're yeah, sitting now, yeah. it doesn't come from anywhere. So we're we're kind of a concoction of all sorts of of different things. Mm. Um, so I wonder was it one was it one of those guys that fucking asked for the doctor? Like if I if I had done mushrooms or acid or ayahuasca or something, one of the psychedelics, and there, I yeah. had psychedelics, and I had touched into all that previous. Do you think that voice would, would have been louder or come sooner? Do you think because I never did anything that whatever it was that asked for the doctor was buried so far into me? If that makes any sense. It's it's, it's hard to know because, again, it's not about what you've done or how much of it you've done or when you did it. It's mm. it's all about the integration because I know, I know lads who's, who've taken way more psychedelics than I've ever... who've already taken way more psychedelics than I've taken... And, and will ever take. But I don't think they've done the work post taking the substance. Yeah. So they've had this mad experience. They do it for the crack as opposed to... Kind of, yeah. <clears throat> as yeah. opposed to a change. <clears throat> exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I would take my psychedelic taking extremely seriously. Yeah. Um, See, I was getting those hallucinations. But they they when I saw the dead folk, like it just started to turn nasty. So I, I wanted to get away from that <clears throat> while on race around Ireland. <clears throat> it was all the fun stuff. But when I finished, um, I don't know what did I did. I speak. Did I ever speak of the pygmy hippo? I don't think so. Because when you oh, said it, it didn't Christ, ring a bell. I'm not saying you didn't, but yeah, so give I us know, the fucking. I don't know if I did. Give um, us the gist of it anyway. I was always keeping that. To, that, that was that was for me, but you're <laughs> too late now. Um, so yeah, I finished race around Ireland. Um, Sorry, I was I was 15k from the finish in Kilcock. Went into Circle K in Kilcock. Went to the toilet and uh, at that stage, like, you're sitting down for regardless of what you need to do in the toilet. There's no standing. <laughs> um, you can't stand up straight. You just piss all over yourself. <laughs> but, uh, um, I sat down and uh, I just looked at the tiles and this... I'm going to get all my English wrong here, but this small... Jack Russell-sized pygmy hippo. Baby pygmy hippo. But it was see-through, translucent, kind of star-dusty, bluey kind of thing. <laughs> Came up out of the ground. And I, 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 even to this day, that's the only thing that has changed me from what I've hallucination-wise so far. Because I've never, I've never let the little bollocks go. He's with me everywhere. That... that the 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 light he gave off and the calm off that light it can I can only associate it with the light they say they say they see at the end of the tunnel the yes. calming light they see at the end of the tunnel it was it was just incredible and then somebody rapped on the door and it was gone and I had to leave get back in the bike go finish so I finished Kilcock to trim Got the awards, did the home, everything was grand. And the whole joke was that we'd get to Lynch's before closing. So we got into Lynch's about 8 o'clock. I still managed four or five pints. <laughs> I had slept. So the race was five five, day, five, five days. and But before the race start and after the race finished, I had slept for th- two hours, 45 minutes and six days. 
Fucking hell. Um, so then I went into the toilet in Lynch's and sat down in the toilet again and up came the pygmy hippo again. Straight out. I just looked at it. Which for me is... I imagine with drugs is you never get the same thing twice. Or it's like it's like when you wake up from a dream and you try to go back into it. <laughs> yeah, psychedelic dream. experiences are exactly like that. You can go back into it? No, no, no. When you when wake you, up from the dream, you typically can't fall back asleep yeah, and go back yeah. into it. Like. But this time, it came up out of the ground. And sorry, when you say a pygmy hippo, do you mean like a micro hippo? Like a, Have you ever seen a pygmy hippo? It's, it's an actual animal is a pygmy hippo okay, like a okay. pygmy goat no never heard it's of it a sm- oh, well, there's, there was one in Edinburgh Zoo when, when myself and Carrie lived there and it was just the fucking coolest thing so I don't know if that's why he popped into my head but then a friend of mine in Australia she sent me a, a, a thing after I told her about it and it was your spirit animal and it was I don't know if it was a hippo or a pygmy hippo but it essentially listed off everything I had done in that, those five days to make it to the finish line like strength diverse all that bollocks but when I read it I was like oh yeah I did the fuck and every single one of them was linked to fucking pygmy hippo spirit animal so maybe maybe he's just my spirit animal I don't know but in Lynch's pub he came up out of the ground and this time it was pregnant and had a tiny tiny pygmy hippo inside it and the pulse was the most soothing thing and the light it just it just I still remember it just fucking people think you do loads of drugs I don't <laughs> I didn't do any um, but they can go do a race around Ireland and have their own but <laughs> the the light is the most calming thing I've ever experienced in my life and the pulse off it is one of the most soothing things I've ever experienced in my life so I leaned down uh, sorry when I tipped on it I leaned down <clears throat> and I ran my finger through the body of the pygmy hippo around the womb and following my finger was like this kind of shooting star. Like a trail. A trail following behind. And then somebody came in or somebody knocked or whatever again and boom, it was gone. And then I went in and I sat down in Lynch's and uh, I told Lauren and her friend Kira about the, the, the reoccurrence of the pygmy hippo. And Kira says, and can you see it now? And I remember I looked at the table. And this is in the middle of Lynch's pub. It's fucking packed. <laughs> fucking racing was on the TV. Everything's wedged. And I looked at this little, and up it came, up out of the, but it disappeared in a second because it was too no. It was snapped out of it. Yes. Um. I, yeah, I've never forgot him. And has he made an appearance? No, and I, didn't the, whole jo- the whole joke was, I can't wait to get five, six days into this. I just want I to see that little behavior. fucker again. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it was it was days later, weeks later, when when my friend sent me on the spirit animal thing, and it was the pygmy hippo or the hippo, whatever it was, is the most maternal of animals there is, and yet I was seeing her pregnant. Yes, and it was linked to maternal. Like it's fucked up, absolutely fucked up. But it's mad again in the psychedelic kind of end of things when you try and make sense of it. No, but even when you try and kind of remember it, or even when so like oh, it's hard. Like when you're when you're under when you're under the influence. Like so, there's 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 different kind of there's different kind of depths, I suppose, of psychedelic experience. You can take mild doses, and that's what people typically do recreationally because they you know they see colors and yeah. really. Is vivid and you yeah. know the a slightly higher dose and you might be able to write your name in the clouds with your finger and yeah. this is kind of a fun element to that but then you get into the the higher doses and uh, 
if you go with a high enough dose, you'll have what you have typically what people call an ego death. So it's you in your entirety, all the subpersonalities of you, they literally die. You experience them dying and it can happen. It can happen multiple times in, in the moment. And then the gray and Mackin and everything that was ever associated with gray and Mackin or your, your human form for want of a better term, that just literally devolves, uh, dissolves to dust. And you're just left in this kind of, I don't know, a fucking sea or a space or a void of, I don't know pure energy. You see, this is the thing. When and it's I, I'm, it is it, yeah. very, very much so. It but, is. But do you remember all of that as vividly as I can remember those black re- people's re- faces? Because if those black people walk past me in the morning, you'd recognize them. Like, I'd fucking recognize. Them. I know what you mean. And yeah. then, and then, <laughs> then Dave fucking sent me, and I, I was just trying to get my head around all this. Like two days after it happened, and Dave was like, "Did you ever check? Like, was there an old?" carnival or fun fair nearby I was like Dave leave it please <laughs> leave it. I'm not even getting into that and then he fucking looked and the Kansas State Fair wasn't too far from it at all and don't tell me there was a year when a carriage derailed and uh, there was, people there, was killed. I, I couldn't find that much but there was there was a fire one year and there were several accidents on others now I, I only had a quick look because I started I did start to freak out a little bit um, like I looked at maybe the first four uh, things on Google, not even the pages, just the first four yeah, yeah. searches, and uh, one of them that it was the, it was one of the biggest fairs in the country, and they came from over four hundred miles away because blacks were allowed to it. Fuck. So it was a real black person's event. Yeah. They used to walk or horseback up to four hundred miles to see this state fair. Fuck. And they were old. It was an old cart, and they were in old clothes. Yeah, it wasn't the Hulk no, from fucking no, Universal Studios no, or whatever. Was, it was where vibrant colours was something worth travelling to. Yes. And do you remember what they were wearing? Like, were they wearing kind he, of olden time old cotton tweedy kind of? Okay. Yeah, like um, Twelve Years a Slave type clothing. Yeah. Okay. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. I'd remember his jumper if I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny because you asked me, like, would I remember parts of my own experiences that vividly? And there was never anything really that concrete. There's, cer- there's certainly things that I remember um, very, very clearly. But they weren't, they weren't, you know, faces or clothing or anything that mm. kind of specific. Um, there are sounds or feelings that you had towards stuff. Yeah, um, it's 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 a weird one now, and it take me. I I'd spend the next forty five minutes trying to explain it, and I wouldn't fucking kind of get anywhere. But I, I know in my own uh, head what I kind of what I saw and what I experienced. But the thing about the the pygmy hippo that and you trying to kind of remember it and bring it back. One thing, but a psychedelic experience again, kind of typically, when you try and when you experience something and you're like, oh, that, that was just, that was amazing. And you try and you reach for it and you try and kind of get it again. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to get a coin at the end, down the couch. Yeah. You know, the, the more Pushed you reach for it, the, the further it goes. Yeah. Like. Um, and dream, psychedelic experiences and dreams, there's a lot of crossover there as well. And we touched on it a minute ago by, you know, you kind of wake up and you're like, oh, no, no, yeah. no, 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 come back, come back, come back. <laughs> yeah. uh, but near-death experiences, I've never had one. But again, there's, there's a lot of kind of parallels between yeah. the two between psychedelic experiences and religious experiences it's all the same soup of of stuff yeah, like. yeah. but a, a big part of what unites them all is this idea that that the mind goes offline 
the thinking part of you, the articulate part of you, the, the, the part of you that understands language, that kind of goes offline and you're into a, a realm of... The, the best word that, I, that I, I've tried to use is soul. Now, it's a very kind of yeah, loaded yeah. term. Yeah. No, I get you, I get you. But yeah. you're, again, parsing that, that I get that soul is a, is a, 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 a very loaded word. Well, I'm not linking soul to heaven or earth or God. Or, no. Yeah, no, so and, soul, and, and, yeah. And, and nor am soul I. Soul is internal. Well, it's so soulful things. So music will be will be soulful. Yeah. Like I can play you a particular chord, and it will reliably make you feel a certain way. Yeah, yeah. Um, other ones then is laughter. Like we don't, you don't laugh in English. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like even that little, <laughs> the little, the shirk, the shrug of the shoulders, and the, the showing yeah. of the teeth, and, and all that. Body language is another thing. Like if I'm if I'm looking on the ground and I won't make eye contact with you, and I'm shuffling around and I'm all fidgety. Like you don't need to be, you don't need to have a degree in body language to know that I'm not having the best day in yeah, the world. Yeah, but yeah. there are, and instinct is another thing. So all these things are are more soulful. They're not, they're not associated with thinking. And another hallmark of a soulful experience is, and by definition, it's practically impossible, if not impossible, to articulate. Mm. So you, anything that you can, anything that you struggle to describe, is usually a soulful experience. So, the like you know, you love your kids. Tell me how much you love your kids. Oh, I love yeah, they're they're yeah. great. Yeah, like yeah. words just fail you. Yeah. Near death experiences I'd imagine are the same. You've done a pretty good job though, to be fair. Yeah. How much of it do you think you don't remember? Or is I know, I know tell me how much tell me what you don't remember. I I get yeah, that I there's know, an oxymoron there, like yeah. but I, I don't know, as I kept saying a few hours later, but it wasn't, it was a few minutes later, or it could be in seconds yes. later. I, yeah, I really don't know. That's another thing, actually. It's funny you say that. But I do uh, think it was over about a ten-hour period from when I saw the black people to getting off the bike. So yeah, it was. It was probably a couple hours later. Couple but it, but it's mad though because that's another hallmark of a soulful experience. Time time is time seems is to gone. just kind of go yeah. because with psychedelic experiences, and I've I've had them myself. You, I'm I'm under. Let's say you're in. You've been completely immersed in the psychedelic, and you kind of you kind of come to, and. You, I remember one time going, fuck, I kind of woke up and came down. I was like, fuck, herself and the kids will be home. Because right. I had blocked yeah, off yeah. the day and I had told her about it and it was all arranged. <clears throat> and uh, I checked my timer that I set uh, after I'd taken them. It was 25 minutes later. Right. And as far as I was concerned, 15 hours had passed. Yeah, and yeah. again, that's that's very kind of typical. Like, yeah. Um, I just don't figure, I, I don't, I just can't fathom how I can have the same type of things by not sleeping, as somebody can. Well, we know that uh, dimethyltryptamine, which is the active compound in um, in ayahuasca, it's it's produced by the brain. Right. So I know, but so like because people have asked this for for years. My thinking, and I ain't no fancy big city psychologist. Um, but my my thinking, just from experience in it, <coughs> is I need sleep. I'm going to fall asleep. If I fall asleep, I crash and I damage myself, or kill myself, or hurt myself, whatever. Yes, or veer it in front of a car. Yeah, or fucking something. So my thinking is that the brain allows me hallucinate. That I trick myself into thinking I'm dreaming and I am asleep. 
But while I'm hallucinating, I st- I'm still alert. I'm still aware of my surroundings to a certain degree. But I'm tricking my body into thinking I'm asleep. But if a car is coming, I can still turn off. You could have been fast asleep for a lot of but that. If I, yeah. But if I'm fast asleep, you're in big trouble. Yeah, but no, you could I, have I, been, I, but you I sleep did, cycling. I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, when you fall asleep, that's when I'd go straight into the other side, into the oncoming traffic. Yeah, but not... And I'd pick myself back but up. But people do, and I used to do it quite a bit as a kid, just sleepwalk. And oh, like you'll, yeah. you'll walk I around the house and open doors know, and open yeah. fridge. No, I never did that. But I, sp- I spoke about it in um, the Q&A night that, like, I can cycle uh, with my eyes closed and there's just, everything's a white, there's just a big white road and two dark hedges. Yes. And if I go closer, it gets darker and darker and that's, and I, I can steer myself while asleep. Yeah, it's it's almost In like a, an autonomous vehicle. Y- yeah. it, it senses yeah. left and right. But I think by allowing hallucinations in, it stops me from going into a deep, deep sleep, which will and eventually off. kill me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but that's just my thinking. Yeah. Fascinating stuff, brother. I can't wait to get you on again, and we won't leave it as long the next time. I hope. Yeah, the spine race in, is in January. That's January's fucking wild. That should give me a good chance of killing me. <laughs> <laughs> For people who want to check you out, where are they going to find your your uh, stuff? Chasing, breaking, Gray Mackin on on the socials. The socials, yeah. And Instagram, Facebook, yeah. Twitter, yeah, the whole lot. That's it, yeah. Brother, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, Frano. And I... Let's go for a pint. We may. We may go for points. We should actually go for points. Um, I was on to Mulvey, actually. Um, so we might... Um, yeah, well, if you're in this weekend before you go in, sun your bollocks. If not, we'll do when you get back. But yeah, I was on to Mulvey about going for a few points because he wants to hear this. <laughs> of course. Because <laughs> he can just listen to this now. But yeah. Because he, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's really keen on hearing... The shit we saw. Shit yeah, saw. of course, yeah. Yeah. Give the fans what they want. Give. That's <laughs> <laughs> Great by the barrel full. Brother, an absolute pleasure. Fun. Thanks a million.